It's Sizzling Sprint Weekend. For a limited time, you can pick up an iPad on us when you lease a new iPhone. That's right, get a free iPad when you lease a new iPhone at Sprint. It's an unrivaled pair. Get both and save big when you switch to Sprint. Stop by your local Sprint store during Sizzling Sprint Weekend, July 19th, 20th, and 21st to learn more iPad 6 Gen, 32 gigabytes, $0 per month after 1917 monthly credit for 24 months. Credit applied within two bills. Requires new line and qualifying plan. If you cancel early, remaining balance due. Tax due at sale. Welcome to the Atheist Experience. Today is Sunday, April 7th, 2019, and I'm your host, Tracy Harris, and with me today is my very special guest, Phil Ferguson. Ciao tutti. Hey, ciao. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bella. <laughs> From the Phil Ferguson Show. Grazie. And the link is up at the blog along with the open show thread, so I encourage people to go and check it out. If you're not familiar, it's got an interesting tagline. It's like um, atheism, skepticism, and finance. Yeah. <laughs> It's the, it's the three things you should never discuss with your family. Money, <laughs> politics, and religion. All in one place. Yeah, in a single podcast. The Atheist Experience is a production of the Atheist Community of Austin, a Texas nonprofit educational organization dedicated to the separation of religion and government and promotion of positive atheist culture. You can come out and join us for dinner after the show at the ACA studio at the Free Thought Library and... Uh, we take donations, I'm supposed to mention that, yeah. although it is free to the public. So just kind of an FYI, we've gotten great turnout. It's really grown, and so we've kind of, you know, mentioned the donation box a little bit more. But, um, again, we don't want anybody to feel awkward about coming in if you, yeah. if you don't have the bucks. Like, just come on in, have some dinner. We're just happy to have you. What, what's amazing is people plan vacations in Texas, which is cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> and they scheduled to come to Austin on Sunday just to be at the show. That's it blows my mind. Yeah, me yeah. too. I mean, you've you know you've seen it. It's it's a uh, it's we're proud of the little library, but it yeah. is you know it's it's a cozy place. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Wish I had one near Chicago. <laughs> yeah, somebody's listening. There's a hint. There you go. Yeah, I'll just start one. There's your next philanthropy. Sounds project. like work. It is work. <laughs> But people do it. They they enjoy it, and uh, and we've got a lot of good volunteers. So thanks to all of them that keep all this going. It seems like a good time to shout that out. There you go. Uh, let's see. So notes. We have the American Atheist Convention we right do. around the corner. They might even have. A, look at that. Wow. They, they put a sign up. It says they American do have Atheist. a sign. Let's they see, can't my see me now sticking out my tongue. I have to choose either being able to see my computer screen or things across the room. Is it time for bifocals? Is that what you're doing? Oh, uh, yeah. Or, well, actually, I can pull these down and do the granny Oh, thing. I see. The yeah, librarian. Then I'm safe. Yeah. Do you have them on a chain? <laughs> not yet. No, not yet. I, I haven't gotten there. Don't want to lose my cheaters. Um, but yeah, American Atheist is happening April 19th to 21st. Um, so it's just a you know like a couple weeks away. And Ameri uh, Talk Heathen and Atheist Experience are both going to be there. Um, presenting, like, rep yeah. sorry, representing. I'm not sure who all is presenting or what the 
um, the plan is for that, but I'm sure there's more information online. And are you going to be going? I am going to be going, and I'm so glad you asked because my show, again, The Phil Ferguson Show, because I'm a naming savant. <laughs> yeah. um, the Phil Ferguson Show, with the generosity of several listeners, raised $7,500 to provide scholarships Aww. and grants for students. The students only. If you're in high school or college, contact American Atheists, and they can either give you a night or two comp room. They can help offset your fuel costs to get there. And my vision was that through this generosity that maybe 150, 200 extra students get to go to the conference. It makes the conference bigger, provides more energy because the youngins, they got way more energy than I do. And I'm not going to be around forever. I want to help seed the future and bring in dozens, if not hundreds of new people to help continue this battle. Awesome. Yeah. That is pretty awesome. And we also have another announcement, but it's a secret. Secret, secret. We'll be talking about it a little bit later. We've got another show that's going to premiere yeah. that I will be mentioning, but we're going to sit on I that for a little while. I think I know that while. secret because I was on it. Yeah. So you can keep watching and hear it in go. a little bit um, and then get some more information. But for teaser. now, you're just, yeah, you're just getting a teaser. That's it. You just get a taste. And that's it for announcements. Do you have anything? Uh, I have no announcements, but, but like I said, I will be at American Atheist. So please come, Sin Sin Addy. What is that? Oh, the Cincinnati. City. Yeah, <laughs> I just like saying Sin I'm Sin. Not, yeah, I am not. Sin, sin. I was Sin so I don't Sin twice. Quickly. Sin Sin. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> okay. It's really close close to the Ark and the uh, Creation Museum, which is okay. part of the reason. So maybe you can go visit. Oh, that. is it? Yeah. Oh, fun times. The the Creation Museum. I can do air quotes now on my yeah. podcast. I have to tell people. Something to do on that Museum. free time slot, right? Yeah. When you have the schedule and it's like free time yeah. on your own, lunch on your own. Like, go see And you that. can go to the Ark and try to figure out how they got the shit from 1,000 animals out of the three by three window. <laughs> Good luck with that. They were tiny. It, they shrank you, them down. Yeah. They were tiny animals. Did you see the, the Ark movie? Oh, gosh, no. Oh, God. With the, Was it Russell, Russell Crowe? I don't even. I remember and, seeing it. And Hermione? That. Hermione, was uh, okay. she was the one that got knocked up on the boat and had to have magic babies. And they had to be boys. Oh, I totally be girls, didn't they were gonna, see this. Yeah, he's chasing her on top of the deck of the boat with a knife and is like, I'm going to kill these girls because they can have children too and we're going to extinguish our society. Are you kidding? No, no. And then there's these, these, <laughs> these rock giants that have angels inside because the mud got stuck to them because they got cursed. And they so giant- you'd be making all this up and I wouldn't even know. Well, well like, let's find I'd out. I'd just be like... These Whoa. rock giants actually helped build the boat. So it wasn't just Noah and his kin. Come on. And then Noah's, like, granddad was up in the mountains, and he touched Hermione's— So it's like Lord of the Rings Well, yeah, the it, it, it's kind of like— And then Oedipus, like, yeah, something going on there yeah. with the, you know— <laughs> I, I like when the, the the family and- Noah's grandpa touched Hermione's stomach and fixed her uterus. That was magical. That was a special moment for me in the movie. Was it broken? It was. She couldn't have children, but miracle. And then she started popping out the magic baby. Well, she got she got pregnant right before they got on the boat, and Noah was like, wow. "Yeah, we're we're done. Humans, we're the last ones." Yeah. And uh, one of the boys actually trapped a girl in a pit and and ended up making her his wife. So that was kind of cool. I guess that's one way to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was it was that's a great great wild. movie. Yeah. The scene where he's chasing Hermione on top of the boat. It's movie gold. Movie gold right there. See, the Bible could have had that, but yeah. they didn't. They didn't have the vision back then. Yeah. All right. All right, callers. We have lots of these callers. So let's start with, is it pronounced sad? 
Hi. Hey. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. You're in Pakistan, and you're on with Tracy and Phil. And did I pronounce your name right? Yeah. Very few people pronounce my name right. I usually end up going by Sam sometimes, but I thought, why not just go with my real name? Okay. Well, as long as you're safe, that's <laughs> cool with us. I think he is. So you're looking for common ground, yeah. right? Do I understand right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've called the show before, and I think I had a very abrupt ending with Matt last time, and I kind of yeah, wanted to apologize. Yeah, we would probably want to skip that one. I heard a little bit about it as a heads up, and I would say let's proceed with the new topic. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Yeah, I, like I said, I want. Cool. I I'm not really an expert on religion myself, so let's okay. not, not go there. Okay. And I guess a lot, lot of the things that you know people talk about when they bring up historical things usually. Some things, in my opinion, some things we may think is the norm right now. Some things were the norm back then. And even 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 today, for example, the drinking age in America is 18. And in Europe, oh, sorry, and in Europe it's 18. So, so what can you do? I mean, certain things are just the way they are. And, you know, uh, there's really nothing you can do about it. Either you break the law or you don't. Or well, you I mean, you can alter laws, right? Yeah, that's true. That's clearly true. So, or get some cough uh, syrup. So let me see if I can help you out here. Because a while back, me and some folks from ACA went down to the local mosque and we attended an um, Islam 101 course that was put on by the local group here. Um, and there was, I think, a lot of things we had in common, right? It wasn't like I went in and everything they said I was opposed to. So they were very, for example, pro-hospitality, right? So they viewed their religion as being uh, promoting hospitality. I mean, do you agree with that? Yes, I do. Okay. I, in fact, I, mean, I, I, I guess it all begins with the, uh, the tradition, traditional Islamic thing, but I want to greet the callers to Aslamu alaikum, which means may, may peace be on all of you, which I honestly come in peace. I don't want to start any arguments. I don't want to, I don't come here to like badmouth anyone because Islam teaches me to be tolerant towards people, towards people who are, may yeah. not be on, of my faith. And I also I also understand that you know just because somebody identifies as Muslim doesn't mean that they might think exactly the same thing that somebody else that identifies as Muslim does. Like they're all there's all different groups. They're very different groups. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, let me tell, let me let me go, let me go straight out here, and I'll get to the generosity part next. The biggest threat to Islam, and I'm going to say it very clearly, you know, has all is is not people outside of the religion. It's only been the Muslims themselves. If 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 anyone who's really made given a chance for non-Muslims and atheists, agnostics, or, or any anyone else who doesn't believe in the faith, to badmouth the religion, it's us because we screwed up so much, and we haven't really been the best examples of our faith. Unfortunately, I'm saying I'm saying majority of the that's why the media highlights those things all the time. I mean, okay. they, they totally skip the part where. There's people who are really good, uh, the progressive Muslims. They don't talk about those at all. It's just that people want to make news out of these things. Well, let me uh, let me just now, stop. Let me stop you for a minute and just first let me just say thank you for saying that. Okay, because we sometimes on the show get on to people in particular religions, not only Islam but Christianity as well, because a lot of times when people behave badly in a religion. People who behave differently or view it differently or have a more liberal view tend to sort of just separate from that, and they don't own it. They won't take responsibility for it. They won't accept that their religion can be interpreted that way or that it can be used that way. So for someone to say, 
I recognize that there are people that identify also as Muslim that do things that cause problems for Muslims because they're really making trouble for us when they act the way they do is actually something we don't hear a lot and I wish we heard more of from people. You know, I'm willing to admit when somebody who's an atheist does things that I don't agree with or that I think, you know, besmirch the label. Um, I know that the only thing we have in common is we don't believe in a God, but that doesn't mean that, you know, people don't see the label atheist on someone else that's acting badly and then associate that with the group. That's going to happen. And so I think it's important for people to say, yeah, that person is also an atheist and they did some bad things. They didn't do it in the name of atheism, but they're still an atheist and an atheist can still do bad things. Um, And I think it's important that you're willing to say that, you know, hey, there are people who are decent people who wear the label Muslim and there are people who are, you know, not so good that wear that label too. And I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, exactly. And Thank you so much for saying that. Now, back to the point of generosity. I, from what I've read about uh, Prophet Muhammad's own history and Islamic history, that Muslims were always thought to be more generous. In fact, there have been stories that I've heard uh, that, you know, there were times that Prophet Muhammad stayed hungry and made sure that the guests were fed. And I'll tell you a recent example. I'm a huge hookah fan. Let me put it out there. You're a what hookah. fan? So- Soccer? Hookah fan. Is hookah. that... S- oh, like... The shisha hookah. I got nothing. Is that like a the pipe? The water pipe, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I do know what that is. I, I guess didn't I go didn't, there, didn't but think okay. that's what you meant. But okay. All right, cool. Exactly. So so uh, one of my one of my friends I'm uh, when I was uh visiting Orange County recently, so one of my friends is is an Arab and he was like he took he, he I went out with them. You know, he's you know how they are so also how most Arabs living in the United States uh, expensive fancy cars and they were like uh, he took me out and i was like you know the entire time he took care of everything and i have to listen i should have at least pitched in somewhere and i feel bad i did, didn't so he was like no you're insulting me that's not oh. how i'm i've been that raised <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be very generous to our host <laughs> and it's it's a kind of islamic culture and it's also a bit of arab culture too because they're extremely generous you know and we've been taught to be generous too like if you ever visit a pakistani home you oh, you're going to be fed to death. Yeah, yeah. You're going you're gonna to have to stop the host and say, hey, listen, enough. Yeah. You've taken very much good care of us. Now you're <laughs> now I think we can't take any more. So it, it's, it's part of our culture and it's also, it's also what the faith teaches us that, you know, we're supposed to, we're supposed to be generous. We're supposed to give. It's also part of one of the five pillars of Islam that says the God you're supposed to give a certain percentage of your income every year. And I, I guess well, I guess if, if I guess the problem with human beings is is always that you know if you if that you know rules are there and if there aren't rules and if it's a lawless society then it, everything is going to go haywire. So I guess Islam, certain rules in Islam are there to, to to for our own benefit. You know they're not there to like make us oppress people or anything. I know people have various especially when it comes to women and modesty about the hijab and stuff. You know I'll be honest with you, growing up. Uh, I I was never fond of keeping of looking at people. Uh, you know, I always looked at people with beards as Maldives, and you know, these guys are illiterate Muslims, and these guys just talking out of their ass. And you know, nothing. And especially, you know, I I, I was always wondering why women would start taking their job. Why couldn't they just use the the, the Pakistani dupatta, which is a, a, you know, a, a, it's kind of a cloth that they wear on their head sometimes. Okay. I I just don't understand why society suddenly changed. Like over the years, I, I saw 
Pakistani society becoming liberal to religious and then back to liberal. I guess it's due to certain politicians who were there. It always amazed me that why are they doing this? Yeah, is yeah. it a cultural reaction? Or is it is it that people are thinking that, oh my God, Islam is under threat, so we need to start covering our heads? Well, I mean, I, I think um, e- Egypt is a really good example, right? So Egypt, when I was younger, Egypt was pretty liberal. And then they got a lot more conservative. Um, and exactly. I... I don't know that much about it. Someone had explained it to me, basically saying that um, it had to do with their contact with Western versus Arabic culture, so that apparently there was a lot of, well, I was told there was a lot of interaction with American companies and like contracting with American companies and that people that were going back and forth and working for these American companies were, or Western companies were getting um, a lot more, you know, liberalized and people were getting a lot more Westernized. And then when that ended and they started contracting more for, um, countries that were more, you know, conservative Islam, it started shifting more conservative Islam. I could have it all wrong, right? Like I could be totally wrong about that. It was just something that a, somebody from the Middle East told me on a flight. Um, that was their explanation for it. I don't know if that's the explanation or not, but I do know that there was a shift. There was a cultural shift. They they still were, um, a tr- you know, an, an Islamic culture, a Muslim culture, um, but they went from being fairly west, you know, more westernized to being a lot more conservative, um, you know, Islam during my lifetime. Because Muslims sometimes fail to find a common ground. Unfortunately, I mean, I mean, Islamically, all we, all women have been commanded to is dress modestly. That's it, and you know, and at at the most part, you know, there there's no, there's, you don't have to necessarily wear a headscarf. You can come. It's basically, it's basically, there's, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, uh, that, you know, uh, women don't really necessarily have to cover their head at all times. Just modesty is just, is, 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 is a requirement. And, you know, so, so obviously, you know, and, and, and I personally don't think that's wrong. Would you want your mother and your sister? Oh, I mean, I, like, okay, I personally, modesty? well, I, while I personally don't really see the point to, to modesty rules, what I will say is that it would be hypocritical to live in a society where people can't run around naked and yeah, call some others. You know, you can certainly say that there are more and less rigid enforcements and structures yeah. for it. I definitely agree that that's true. And you're you're even describing some, right? You're saying, well, there are some people who want to cover this woman entirely, and I'm. You think she doesn't even need to wear something on her head, just dress modestly. And I'm saying that I personally don't care if anybody's wearing any clothes. And, and, and I would say with modesty, it's none of my damn business. But Women can wear whatever they want. Yeah, people can, but 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 the fact is, I can't even here yeah, in the but U.S. from my perspective. Right, right. So that's what I'm saying is there's this range of what is allowed. And so I think that's kind of what you've been saying, Sad, is that there's, there's a range, right? That there is all this ground that goes from super, super liberal where you don't have to wear anything to cover everything. And then there's all this stuff in between and that somewhere in between there, maybe people can meet and have kind of like a, you know, a dialogue that isn't screaming. Is that exactly. right? Yeah. That's true. I hope, I mean, I, I really don't like that either because I mean, I know I've, I, in the past show, uh, when Matt insulted a prophet, a prophet and, you know, abused him, I, I know if I would have shared this recording with anyone else, they'd be like, oh my God, you heard, you heard it, didn't react. Like, it's like, why would I react to it? Yes, different I people mean, will, rela- will react exactly. to the concept of blasphemy in different exactly. ways. Correct. Exactly. Yep. Because the thing is, like, in his own lifetime, he was 
insulted and thrown stones and all sorts of stuff at, and he didn't react with much terror. Okay. Well, at least I should be trying to follow his example. Okay. Um, as a Muslim. I, I think that we could probably talk for hours on this, but I'm going to say that we do have other callers, and I do think that you have made your point. Do you think that we are on the same page with this so far? Yeah, I think there, there's a lot of common between Islam and atheism, but unfortunately, that's the one thing that we can't really reach common ground on. And I'm going to say it. There's a lot we can't reach common ground on. <laughs> but, but I'm, you know, but, but your call is about the common ground. So, you know, that's what we're talking. So, but I'm going to go ahead and move on. If that's okay, I'm going to go ahead and move on to some other callers. But I want to thank you for your call. Thank you. I just one last thing. I okay. wish there was a way to honestly on this, uh, in, to honestly, there was a way to prove God scientifically or in some way. Unfortunately, there is. We wish even, so too. Yeah. Yeah. To believe in it only. See, more common ground. More common ground. So I wish there was a way to do it. I mean, there's no way to scientifically prove it. And unfortunately, that's the way it is. No matter how, no matter what kind of explanations people can come up with. Well, at least you're acknowledging that. We have some other callers coming up who don't. Well, well, thank you so much for your time. And I'm glad at least I was able to move through this conversation without any problems. And thank you so much. And I also wanted to apologize to any listeners last week okay. uh, for any comments I made. Uh, uh, you know, they were all, I guess we got into a bit of a crazy argument, but uh, I really want to so- say sorry to Matt even, and I hope you peace. Okay. And uh, I, I really do come in peace. So I hope uh, we're cool with everything. And okay. I, thank you so much for your time. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. How long has this show been on the air? A long time. 20? Yeah, a long years? time, yeah. And how many successfully God-proving arguments have we had? Well, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It depends on who you ask. So Fair enough. Let's move along. So we have Joel in Athens, Alabama, who wants to talk about mutations in evolution and were they guided somehow. And you're on with Tracy and Phil. Hi, Joel. Hello. Um, can you or can any scientist prove that all the, all the beneficial genetic mutations which occurred in the history of evolution occurred by chance? I think... The question is, do we know of any that didn't? Well, the the positive claim lies with you because... Well, I think... Okay, all right, let me put it this way. Are you suggesting that something is guiding them? Well, if they didn't occur by chance, wouldn't it be necessary to say that they were guided? Okay, so then, for example, if it was natural pressures, would you call that guidance? Because that's not chance. Um, I would, I don't know if I would call that chance. I don't know. Right. I, I wouldn't I either. Really, well, so maybe but, we're on the same page. Maybe we agree. <laughs> maybe we see, found I'm, common ground. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> okay, why I'm, you call I'm, an atheist show instead of asking an evolutionary biologist. Well, I don't know if an evolutionary biologist could answer it. Well, then I certainly can. Then, yeah, I mean, th- there's one good way to find <laughs> if out. If somebody's an expert in the field and they wouldn't be able to answer it, I don't know why someone would well, think I could. I'll be the first to say I am not an expert in biology. Okay, it's not my field of expertise. But I mean, I'm certainly welcome. You know, certainly if uh, if you want to talk about, um, I, I agree with you that it's not chance that natural that that you know pressure selection pressure is not chance, but. It, if you're suggesting that there is some cause beyond what is observable, then I'd like to hear the evidence for it. Well, there's a difference between natural selection and genetic mutation, though. 
Right, but in genetic mutation, but but you're you're talking about beneficial mutations that go on, right, within the species. Yeah, that that yeah. okay, so that is natural selection. Well, when I'm okay, natural selection, the way I understand it is like if there's a certain, for instance, with the, the example with Darwin gives with finches, there's a certain uh, finch that 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 desire that lives in an area where it's required to have a negative beak to feed on a certain type of feed. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the animals that have uh, narrow beaks mm-hmm. are the ones that survive. The animals right. have wide beaks. Right. So if a, if a bird that's is not, born... That's not a mutation. Yes, because what happens is if a bird is born that has something leaning more toward that type of beak, if that type of beak is not amenable to helping it feed, then that mutation will die out, right? If, if it's like yeah. negatively re- correlated to being able to eat. So if it's positively correlated, if it some way makes it easier to eat or gives you more feeding options, right? Now I can eat this other thing too. Um, and I have a broader range of things I can eat than the other birds. That would be a positive, like you said, a beneficial mutation. And because of selection pressures, right? How much you can, how much diversity in your diet there is, is definitely a a plus, right? The more things, the less things you can eat, the less, the less you are likely okay. to survive. Okay, but what I'm asking about are the leaps in evolution. For instance. Right, but they will How die out it, it, if it, what I'm saying is nature. If nature doesn't support them, then they're not beneficial. Yeah. In order for them to be a I beneficial, know, but that, that doesn't account for all of evolution, though. I'm not saying that it does. I'm what? saying that natural selection plays in even like after mutation occurs, whether or not it's beneficial is determined by natural selection. Yeah. Okay. By selection pressure, I guess I should call it. But, okay, but here's, here's an example of what I'm talking about. Michael J. Behe, in his book, uh, Dawn's Black Box, gives the example of uh, flagella on, like, say, a sperm. It has a flagella. And he says that, I mean, he claims that no one can really account for how that evolved. Yeah, Behe, Behe is a bad example to use. Even the university that employs him has put up a disclaimer. I mean, I, if I were you, if you're looking at Behe, you need to look at the responses that already exist to Behe. Uh, which are numerous. Um, he was one of the people who testified in the Dover trial, and that's actually, I believe it's still available online if you want to look at it. There's a Nova documentary. Um, on the Dover trial. Yeah. on uh, it's really good. What's the name of that, though? It's like, it's like um, Intelligent Design on Trial or something like that, yeah. but it's a Nova program on... Um, intelligent design and when when the Dover trial occurred and Behe was there testifying and he used a lot of his work and this was shot down And I got to meet that judge who decided that and he was an evangelical I watched some of that but I don't think anyone has ever I don't think anyone has ever demonstrated how a flagella could have evolved because it's it has this is just like the eye this is just like the eye thing right that like part of an eye is better than no eye at all if you can differentiate dark from light, you're doing better than something that can't. Yeah. And even if no one has ever proven a particular little thing and how it evolved, doesn't mean God done it. Well, I know it doesn't mean God done it, but, cool. but there are there's there's so many millions of these. How could they all occur in 13 billion years instead of? I mean, according to according to William Lane Craig, it would have taken trillions of years to all be. Have you read? Have you been reading like anybody that wasn't an apologist for this stuff, right? Like that somebody that's not an apologist for intelligent design. I watched the debates. I mean, 
And I'm not even, I'm like talking about research, right? Like people in, like their peers responding to this in the research. Um, I haven't done a great deal of research. I mean, I have a. I suggest that you do. I really suggest that you do because Behe came up with this thing called irreducible complexity. It's not a thing. Yeah, that's what I was with. Yeah, it's not a thing. Um, the things, the examples that he used have been completely explained, pulled apart. They were they were jumped on almost immediately after mm-hmm. he offered them, and researchers all over the place were just like, "This is how this works." Um, well, you make that claim, but you haven't offered any examples. I mean, you right? Because I'm not a biologist, but I am telling you, and I'm telling anybody else that's interested in looking into it to look at Behe's claims about irreducible complexity. Well, you're telling me to do the research, but yes, you, yes, I am. That's where we are. I am because we're not well, evolutionary biologists. Example, because what I'm telling tell me, you, tell me how the flagella evolved. All right, but here's the thing: I'm telling you that there are biologists who explain this and they, that information is available to you. I am also willing to admit that I do not have the encyclopedic memory of the, bio- of the biology so, research yeah. in my head because well, I'm not a biologist. A in, when, in the audience when, I, when I get to situations like this, wow. I, I wonder... Do you want to know the answer? Well, wait. No, he doesn't want to know the answer. Right, 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 He'd be right, talking right, to right, biologists, right? right? That's, right. A, that's a rhetor- that's, rhetorical that's my question. Point. So but when he says you can't thing. answer it. Here's the thing, though. He, you just said maybe there's someone in the audience. So what I'm going to do is ask you to post this at the blog, right? Because right. the blog is for the show. And we have a blog set up, a, a blog entry right now at our blog at Freethought. What is it? Freethought blog. Let me pull it up. Um, it's freethoughtblogs.com forward slash AXP. And if you go there and post, there is actually a post for this show, like the show that you're watching right now with me and Phil, and it'll, it'll say Tracy and Phil, and it'll give the show number. And if you go and you what post there... I mean, what, what is, where is this on the internet? Free thought, it's called freethoughtblogs.com forward slash AXP. Okay. And you can put your questions there because you, you basically said, can you ask the audience? I don't know who's in our audience today, but also they're behind glass, so I can't ask the audience. Okay. But the blog has a lot of the regular viewers, and they would be happy to give you the links to what I'm talking about. Also, Talk Origins I was just gonna say, Talk Origins. is a really good website. I have a link to okay. Talk Origins that's at, the, that's at this show site. I always but, put their but link. all okay. assuming you want the answer. Yeah, I mean that's what it's about. Why would I call? Well, no, what he's saying, what I think what Phil is saying is, if you wanted the answer, you'd be talking to biologists, not to us, because we're not we're not the people we we aren't the people that put forward the theory of evolution. And frankly, what Phil is trying to say earlier, let's say that I woke up tomorrow and evolution fell apart. It it wasn't correct. Everything we thought we were doing with artificial. Selection. What we were thought we were doing with dog breeding is working an entirely different way than we believed, and evolution is just completely decimated in tomorrow morning. It still doesn't have anything to do with a god. It still does nothing. Well, no, not not directly, but it not even have, indirectly. Not, not even, yeah, you'd have to demonstrate a god exists in order to say that the god was causing anything to do with how species for me, it's emerged. Like, if you want to know the answer, ask an expert. I agree. If you, if you want to prove that I don't know everything about evolution, congratulations. You have now done so. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have an argument for God's existence that you probably never heard. Well, why didn't you start with that? Because it's an old... 
Well, because this is this is I was more interested in this because it's something that it was something that William Lane Craig brought up in his debate with Christopher Hitchens. Yeah, Hitchens is also and, not a biologist. Just I'm for pretty the record, sure I know. he's not a biologist. Yeah, yeah, no. That's why I, I was saying. That's why I was saying that debates might not be the best way to figure out what's going on with biology or YouTube in general. Just saying. Okay. Well, I haven't read a great deal. I know. I mean, I, that surprises me. I haven't read a great deal on it, but. What is your other question? I mean, I've taken I've taken biology classes in university, but okay. okay my other uh, my argument for God's existence is that uh, okay, molecules are made of atoms. Our molecules are made from atoms. Atoms are made of subatomic particles. Each of these is a component layer. Each component layer is completely dependent on the layer beneath it. So molecules are completely dependent on atoms. Atoms are completely dependent on on, on subatomic particles. There cannot be an infinite series. Uh, of complete dependence for the same reason that an infant series of zeros does not add up to one. And so there must be something at the bottom that's completely independent, and that would be God. Why? Yeah, I don't know how uh, you know because that. Because it would have, it would be the source from which everything comes. So you're saying that even if it's non-conscious, it's still a God? If it's just a purely natural non-conscious well, phenomenon? That's what I, that's, that's the problem I have. I don't know. Yeah, I, me I too. Don't, I certainly don't think there's, I certainly don't think there's a good God. That's conscious because that's... Well, you're basically God. saying that whatever is like the foundational component of matter or... Is God. Yeah, is, is God no yeah. matter no matter what it is. And it's yeah. like, well, that's... I don't, I don't think most people would accept that that's a God. Okay. First time I've ever heard that definition for God. Well, I mean, there's people that have put things like that out there, yeah. like the universe is God or... And then just call it the universe. Yeah. So, I mean, just whatever's at the, you know, I, I don't even know. Well, it, I, and I can't even verify it, that what you described is actually even, like, phys- accurate, accurate from a physics standpoint. Because, again, you're, you know, out of my depth. I don't know. Um, but I do know that if it's going to be any sort of a god that has ever been put forward that I'm aware of, that god has to be demonstrated in order for anybody to say that it's, like, causing matter to exist or to, yeah. you know, act well, a certain the way. the problem with that is you have to demonstrate that something is conscious outside uh, other, than a, other than a brain. Yeah, that, that is that, a problem. That, that's a big problem. That's not really going to happen. I mean— Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think— I agree. I mean, I, I I'm open to wow. <laughs> to it being demonstrated, but I but I but I'm not hopeful. I'm not you know holding out much hope. But I but I if I'm but happy I, to admit if I'm wrong. I'm inclined to say from personal experiences I've had, which I won't really go into, that that there is something more to reality than just material. Okay, I mean, well, based on the personal experiences that we don't know about and that we're not going to hear about, I can't comment. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next caller. So what we've got next is a frequent flyer here. We've got RAO from Thermopolis, Wyoming. You're on with Tracy and Phil, and you found God's imprint on creation in the Fibonacci sequence. Before you start, I have a question for you. Were you um, the, were you the hold on were you the person that called last time I was on that talked about double slit? I was okay to talk to you again, Tracy. <laughs> okay, and hold hold wait wait because there's a question that came up and I wanted to I wanted to find out okay. what your response would be. Your point was kind All of right. like the particle exists a certain way; it goes through the slit; it exists a different way, and it's because conscious observation. Is that fair? Was that basically what you were describing? 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. The question is, does God not watch photons? Well, um, it would. when you get into that, it's basically the de- definition of omnipotence. And does an omnipotent being have the ability to consciously not look at something for the purpose of letting us see what happens when it's not looked at? But wouldn't the idea that, that it's not being observed also be contrary to the idea that a god is observing things? Well, he's a God so powerful he can create a photon that he can't see. Right, but what I'm saying is if God's not looking at it, then he's making it act like he's not there looking at it. So he's actually trying to convince us that he exists by pretending that he doesn't, which is really weird. Not pretending that it doesn't, but it's just I'm I'm a cook, and I have 180 degrees of vision. If I turn around, everything that I used to be able to see is invisible to me. Yeah. And this is me as a mortal, normal human being. Sure. And I would think that an, an omnipotent being would have the ability to not look at something for a little bit. Then he wouldn't be omnipotent for that little bit. But number and, and then what would happen is we would see something that makes it look like there's not an omnipotent God, right? Well, it's... It, it, it looks like there's not like, an omnipotent God if wait, something so, so I, is not I, observed. I think that means some photons would behave differently, and you could see where God is looking. Oh, okay. And so not we can track God's on, yeah, focus. Yeah. Because they would behave differently if some that are observed. So the ones that, that we see that don't change well, would is, be the which, ones that God is observing. Well, we right? don't know which is which. Which well, ones are looked it, at and not looked it's, at? It's really, it, it gets really simple when you get to the macro scale opposed to the quantum scale because we're huge relative to a photon. So is God, and right? Yeah, I've been trying to lose weight, though. It's... <laughs> Damn it, Phil, you look great. Quit with that hey, shit. thanks. But it sounds like God's, any... God's acting like he's not there in order to convince us that he's there. It's not... It's not necessarily acting like it's not there. It's simply using omnipotence to change the direction of focus or limit the direction. You don't of focus need, but you don't need omnipotence. You don't. You don't need to be omnipotent to change your focus. I mean, there's. If I believe right, in an omnipotent I, God, then that's the that God knows everything. Right. And if I'm go lo- if I go looking for it, and I find a space in the universe where God doesn't seem to be existing right now. That would be different than the God that's being defined, and it would it would appear to be evidence that that God is not what it seems. Now you're saying, Only well, it could be accounted for by this other thing, but it also could be accounted for by a God's not looking at it, by there is no God looking at it. All right, it would be it would be the plane above us looking at us, and you see is that humans are performing an experiment. Airplane or no, like no, a, no, 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 plane no, of existence. Yeah. Okay, I'm just sorry about sure. that. No, that's no, okay. I wasn't clear. Yeah, but you're a uh, different plane of existence looking at us performing the experiment. And they're like, well, they're actually looking for us, me, it, whatever the, whatever it might be. But we're not. And I guess that thing is we're not. This wasn't a test to see if a God exists. So this was nobody looking for God. Um, no, the original double slit experiment. Was not a search for the Lord. Right, but it's all fourth dimensional. It all we we 
And right, but you we, said God would see that we're looking for state. God, and then it would react to let us know. If God wants us to know we're there, if God is willing to tell us that he's there, and he's willing to give us direct evidence of his existence, why doesn't he just present himself? Well, it happens 50, uh, 50 to 80 years later, the actual uh, quantum eraser um, delayed choice quant, uh, experiment. I guess what I'm saying is wondering. if God wants people to know God is there, why the hell is he making it so damn hard? Why did he make it to where we had to build these you know, facilities to like to, and do the, look at these particles and get this way to observe some atom? I mean, it didn't used to be that yeah, hard. Yeah, how, how is that... How is that help helping us recognize the existence of a God? It sounds like he's making it extremely complex and difficult. And then he's Back pretending the he's not there in order to prove he is. Back in the day, there were a lot of gaps. There were a lot of, there was a God of the gaps and people were confusing the, the God of the gaps with something on a higher plane. Right, but so you're saying God wants up. us to, God wants to present us with evidence of his existence. And, and that seems pretty simple. I mean, I have a cat and I could present people with evidence of existence that they would almost, almost universally accept. Cat litter. Well, just the cat itself. Yeah. There's the I love cat. That, but I smell the cat litter when I walk I in. I mean, yeah, there, there's, <laughs> but, but if God, if God wants people to know that God exists, and God is willing to offer direct evidence that you say is like really clear, really irrefutable, right in your face, then why can't God just present? We weren't at a state where we could accept it. We weren't smart enough. When, we were, we were primitive. We he was trying to teach quantum mechanics. Now, wait a minute. God to spoke to Adam, right? Like God talked primitive. to Adam. God talked to Abraham. God, God presented um, himself to all kinds of folks. Okay, I don't see the Abrahamic religion as being led by the same God I'm talking about. I've, I've oh. actually told this to one of your com. The, wow, I've actually different. told this to one of your commenters. My opinion of Yahweh: probably an alien, definitely an asshole, most likely dead by now. This is like Stargate talk now. It's yeah, I, I love that show. I think you. So, so do are you associated or affiliated with any sort of religious belief? I am. I'm. I'm. Uh, well, what is your religion? I don't have a name for it. Okay, now wait a minute. Okay, are you affiliated or associated with any recognized religious belief? No. Okay, so you've got your own religion here. It's, You've developed I, your I own proprietary. Like I mean, there's nothing. There's no law that says you cannot do that. That's I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. You basically have made up your own religion. The religion of one. Okay. Is that? I mean, is All that right. fair? Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I mean, hey, somebody has to start the stuff, right? That's right. <laughs> I mean, this is somebody. Somebody comes up with all of them. So there's always a, a you know, a, an origins or, or oranges. Oranges. There's always an oranges. So <laughs> we gotta respect the oranges. Yes, hallowed um, be the ori. Okay, so you've got this religion, and, and I totally have derailed your call, but I, but it was just such serendipity that I saw your name again on the board. So I apologize for derailing the call, but there was the question that oh, came not up. Not a problem at all. Um, thank you, thank you for letting me explain it again. Yeah, and I'll I can tell you that. I have heard people try to explain the Fibonacci sequence, and the only thing that I get is like the seashell. Right, it's like there's a seashell, right, and that's about as as far as I can understand it. It repeats the seashell well, pattern repeats. Before I actually started my 
my call. I actually wanted to say something to one of your hosts because I kind of missed the date, but for bravery and valor, Matt, the threat to theism Dillahunty has reached experience level 50. I think you get like a new feat and plus one to two attributes for that. I don't know what that even means. He reached experience level 50 last week. Oh, I don't. Birth, his oh, birthday. Oh, because he had a birthday. Wow. Okay. I was, I was worried you were yeah, quite I don't, tethered to reality. I was like, are you, do you follow Matt in some gaming thing or what? You know, because I know he does games and extra hit yeah, points. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I yeah. got no clue, but yeah, um, Minus I, one I, I think he had a birthday. I'm glad he does, though. That he does what? Yeah, we missed. Sorry, what? That he's into D and D and gaming and what? Oh, I don't know what I, games I he plays. The... I just know he plays that he does. He has stuff loaded on his TV. That's, that's as much as I know. There's there's things that you can <laughs> play with a controller, um, but we're getting really sidetracked. I did sidetrack you. Um, would you be okay calling in again another time with the Fibonacci thing? Because we've kind of spent some time on the call, and I do apologize. I derailed it, but I felt like it would be an interesting conversation, and I hope that's okay. It definitely was, and okay. um, I can call next week if you'd like. Thank well, you so much. anytime, I guess. Um, you're getting kind of frequent on the calls. Maybe skip a week and then, you know, do something fun next weekend and then call back the weekend after. Take I a break. a month before I called this time. <laughs> oh, you know what, though? It seems like yesterday because it was when last time I was on. Oh, yeah. So that's for it's, it just seems like it's frequent for me. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Phil. You all have a great one. All right. Okay, so I haven't accidentally hung up on anybody yet. That's good. <laughs> I did that last week. So we have a, one more theist that is here from the beginning of the show. And we and this is really interesting considering the movie you were talking about. Uh-oh. We've got Noah from Arizona. Oh, Noah. Um, Hello. Yeah, who's on with Tracy and Phil. And it says here that you're a Mormon and you lost a bet to an atheist employee. And so you had to call in. <laughs> and you just want to talk about why you believe. Okay, well, oh. first of all, Noah, we are not mean you you called on the day with the nice host and me yeah uh, <laughs> and I, I do want to know what the bet okay. was i'm I'm very interested he bet that something um, can oh, you hear me yeah yeah, yeah. okay uh, briefly what was the bet oh uh you know i i own a carpet cleaning company and we just bet on so my employee has been going on and on about his uh atheism for a long time uh, he's obviously my best employee. Um, <laughs> wow, thank you. Now, just, uh, <laughs> just to, uh, yes, atheists are fantastic employees, let me just say. Know, like, <laughs> hey, you're my best employee, don't steal from me. Yeah. Um, but, Hire um, atheist. <laughs> you know, we did a, we did a big uh, school, like oh, wow. all the carpets, and uh, we bet on who could finish first. And oh, okay. Very nice. That sounds right. like fun. He's, I love he's ten. He's 10 years younger than me, by the All way. Right. So. Well, I'm going to um, say that because because you made good on your lost bet and you were brave enough to make that well bet. Well done. And you called the show. I'm, you know, we're going to, we're going to. We're gonna be nice, and so you know I'm nice anyway. Okay. But we're gonna we're, we're gonna take I, I into account that call. that you were you're strong armed into Colin. So let us let us hear it. Go ahead. Uh, I I honestly don't know what to say. I'm I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Okay. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so have you? I mean, were you it's raised? A joke. In, were you yeah. raised in the church, or or is that something no, you joined? No, I, okay. I was. Yeah, I was baptized uh, actually March 28th. I call my B-Day. Okay. Uh, I was baptized March 28th, 
So and, were you uh, were you at all religious? Did you switch from one religion to another? Did you switch from no religion to Mormon? Like, how did that go? Well, I was Catholic when I was young. Okay. And uh, my parents uh, divorced, and uh, my father's not religious whatsoever, and I went with my father. And uh, so I didn't follow any religion, but he was very much, uh, he wasn't non-religious, like, you know, atheist. Uh, talking bad about religion. So, I mean, th- this is but, weird, but um, your mother was Catholic and your dad was not? Uh, <laughs> okay. I hope they don't listen to the show. Um, so my dad was Catholic, but he left the church and then they divorced. Okay. Okay, now I understand. Because I was like, how were they married? Okay. I had okay. no idea I was going to be getting into my childhood. That's okay. We're just, no, this is like just a, a chat, right? We're just having a conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and please, yeah. if there's anything that I ask and you're just like, I'm not comfortable talking about that or I don't want to answer that or that's too personal, just say yeah. so. You don't, you're not required to answer everything if you're not comfortable yeah, with it. No one listening anymore. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, it's just um, us. <laughs> well, uh, so my uh, employee, his name is John. Hi, hey. John. How you doing? Um, <laughs> shout out to John. He's always talking about, yeah, shout out to John. You're the best, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'll give him some trouble tomorrow. But, he had to say that it was um, part of the bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, so go ahead. But, uh, yeah, March uh, 28th, I joined the church. But before that, you know, I was, uh, I lived in Texas, moved. Uh, back to, uh, so I grew up in Arizona, moved to Texas for high school, and then I lived in New York, yada, 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 moved back to Arizona, and lived on my own, and a couple sister missionaries approached me, and they gave me a challenge to pray, and I prayed, and uh, it was right before a job interview, and I didn't think I was going to get it, and uh, they told me if I pray, I will get the job guaranteed. And uh, I prayed somehow. You and know, you got I, the job. Let me let me guess. I got the job. Okay. I, I got the job. I showed up late even to the interview. And uh, the guy interviewing me was kind of a, kind of a schmuck. I, I feel bad for saying that. But, um, and, uh, but I got the job. And uh, from there, I took the missionary lessons, and I joined the church. Okay. And I went on a mission, even. Okay. So I served a mission in Washington two years, and that was uh, one of the greatest experiences of my life. Okay. So So basically, um, is it correct, then, that that prayer experiment is kind of what got you believing that God was working in your life? Um, yeah, because, you know, I, I drove a real fast Camaro at the time and I was just, uh, living this young man's life and I pulled over my Camaro and somehow I, I wasn't going to pray before I went to the interview, but I did. (laughs) And, uh, I prayed and, and sure enough, I got the job. Uh, it, it was, it's, it's more than that. There's, there's a lot more things. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just kind of nervous about this. It's okay. No, you're you're doing and, fine. Uh, so and uh, I mean, so, what? So if 
Do you or do the the people that spoke to you or do I guess you can't really speak for them, but I mean, is it the case that you think that any time you pray for something, God will come through? Well, sure. When I pray diligent enough, when I uh, so then you could pray, you could pray diligently for someone who's dying and they won't die. No, I can't make miracles happen. You know. So there's a wait a minute. No, we're not talking about you. We're talking about God. Right, that if well, you sure pray, God. God yeah, yeah. And, and so I'm saying, if if you pray, will God come through for you all the time? No. Okay, so sometimes God says no, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So sometimes when you I, pray, I, wait a minute, let's, I just I'm trying to figure this out. So sometimes when you pray, you get what you want, and that's evidence that God exists, right? Uh, yeah. I, and then when I, you pray and you don't reasons. get what you want, that's God existing and saying no. That's like the learning curve, you know. I guess what I'm trying um, to figure out is, is there any way in this experiment that there would be a negative result for a God or is any result God? Um, does God sometimes, I mean, if the question is, does God sometimes not answer my prayers? Well, does he? I'm not saying that he doesn't answer, but he answers and says no, right? Says this is not the thing for you. Yeah. Right. So yeah. what what I'm saying is, if if I do a test to see if there's a God and there's a God whether I get what I pray for or not, there's always yes. Then when? How is that a test? You need to be able to show a negative. Uh, it's it's not a test per se, like. As far as but it was a test because they basically evidence. said you'll get a yes response if you pray. But here's the thing. What if that job would have been like the worst thing for you and God would have said, hey, no. Uh, That's a bad idea for you to get this job. That. It wasn't a great job. <laughs> okay. I heard the boss was a jerk too. Yeah, I heard he's a schmuck. Yeah, um, yeah it wasn't a great I job. I mean, here's the thing. I, I understand what you're saying because you are one of like a ton of people, including me, who believed mm -hmm. that God was working through prayer in their lives, right? So I believed that too. But what I started to realize- You don't realize, believe it now? No, I don't believe it now. And part of the reason is because I- You guys I, don't believe in God? Well, no, that, that's why he's asking you to call our show. That is correct. Yeah. And so what, what happened with me is that I started to realize that a God that answers sometimes yes and sometimes no is kind of, and I'm not- I hope this isn't offensive phrasing, but there's like a colloquial term that says shit happens. And this is kind of the same as praying to a God that sometimes gives you what you want, sometimes doesn't. It's no different than stuff just happening to you. Um, how is it different? Yeah. Uh, I would say I can't, uh, I can't say it. Is it possible that things are just happening to you that you sometimes try to influence, you sometimes don't, but just, you know, sometimes we all, like I could work very hard for something and not get it. And I could be deserving of it and not get it. And I could also not even try for something and then get it, right? And that this happens to people all throughout their lives, whether they believe in a God or whether they don't believe in a God, because you, everybody who goes through life, things happen to them, right? There's a little book that I yeah. found one time and I, I took it as, it was very funny to me as an atheist, but I'm sure it was meaningful to people who were religious. And on the cover of this little journal, it said, pray until something happens. 
something is always going to happen. Well, eventually, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, something is always going to happen, <laughs> right? But, and, I mean, your your name is Tracy, right? Yeah, yeah. Tracy and Phil. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Wow, Am that's right? very good. Thank you. Okay, I no, I I wrote it down thinking good, good, you know, good that, choice. That was your yeah. y'all's name. That's so. awesome. Thank you. Um, but uh, don't don't you feel the presence of the Savior in your life? No, I which, u- I used one? to I used to believe that that's what was ha- I used to believe that was like my whole life was just <laughs> guided by that, and I would pray about everything, and I so you gave that up. Yeah. I don't know if I say give it up. Well, that? I did give it up. I mean, I did give it up um, because I came to understand, first of all, that the holy books that I was putting my faith in were not really holy books. They were books written by people. They got nothing to do with holy books. That's they fine. Have to do yeah. With how you feel? No, I understand that. But what I'm saying is that I felt that the God that was working in my life was the God of the Bible. And so when I realized that the Bible God didn't, ex- that there wasn't a Bible God, that the Bible itself was just not really what I thought it was. And when I started to understand how the Bible was put together and that this was just something that people produced, then I had to realize like, wow, so then what is God? What is this thing that, that is working in my life? What is this stuff if it's not the Bible, if it's not the God that's in the Bible, if it's not Jesus? And so then I started looking and looking to try to figure out what is God. And I had lots of conversations. It took me about 10 years of conversations with different people, putting my ideas forward, having my ideas challenged, having to explain myself and realizing that I couldn't, um, really, really looking at what other people were saying and what I thought was right or wrong about it, what, what they were telling me was right or wrong about what I thought, just having these conversations, looking at information. And ultimately what I started to realize for myself, the way that it happened for me, which is different for everyone, was that I was like, you know, if there's a God, that God would be everything. That God would be good, it would be evil, it would be dark, it would be light, it would be just like every contradiction of everything. It would just be all things and nothing. And when I started to well, think about like, uh, oh, I, when sorry. I started to realize that, what I realized was if it really would be everything and all encompassing, then it would be the universe because that's everything. And we call that the universe. Yeah. And so that's kind of what happened in my head. And then I was just like, wow. And then I started going back and looking at things like what you were just describing, the way that I would pray. And if I didn't get what I wanted, I felt like God was looking out for me. Like God was was not letting me have something that I might want that maybe he knows better and there's something better down the road or this thing might not be good for me. And so I always justified not getting a thing instead of just saying, maybe I just didn't get it. Maybe I just didn't get that job. Maybe I just did get that. There were jobs I had that were nightmares that I wish I hadn't have gotten, right? Like at the time you get it, you're thinking, great. And then you, then I would get into it and it would be like really awful and I couldn't wait to get another, it was really difficult to get another job, you know? And so, but, but all that time when I was attributing it to a God, I realized it was almost like one of those movies where that you find out that the, the person, the killer isn't the killer. And then they go back and they show all the scenes and you're like, oh, it wasn't them. It wasn't them. And you thought that it was. And I looked back at all these things and I was just like, I was attributing all of this to the hand of God, but really it was just stuff happening in my life. Like stuff happens in everybody's life. I just was putting this layer of God on it. Sometimes and I don't know why. Sometimes you get a job and sometimes you don't get a job. Yeah. And you can say it's God or you can just say, I didn't get the job or I did get the job. I'd say this about you, Tracy. You would make a fantastic member of my church. 
Except I can't believe that the Israelites came to North America as an ancient tribe. (laughs) Like, that's just too much. And I don't need a... Is that the? Is this the people with the planets, or is that somebody? Yeah, else? they got planets. And Tracy, I can see yeah, you with I ten can't. kids. Yeah, I yeah no, <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah. Do you, have you guys heard of the thirteen articles of faith of our church? Probably not. Oh, we, I'm sorry, not we have the not highest our, my, of faith. My church. Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, all of them are kind of like okay. So if you like went to like uh like the pope or or the head of other churches i don't know the names of their other churches okay but if you ask them what you guys believe and the founder of our church is somebody named joseph smith yeah yeah heard and him. he he wrote down palmyra so you know about our church well i mean one. yeah i mean mormons are pretty famous but i i guess my problem would be that i don't you know i just i don't think that there's a god at the source of this stuff i think people are doing it and they're attributing things to God, and really it's just people doing it. And I don't see any evidence that there really is a God doing it, because when they do things, the things that impress them are the same types of things that impressed me, like what you were describing with the prayer experiment. You got the job. If you hadn't got the job, according to you, that still wouldn't be a negative result, right? Because there could still be a God who was no, lo- looking it out for you. would have been for me then. Well, then it can, can you set up a I, new I, test? Sure, I have. Right, but but we've already established, though, that that even if it says no. Here's my suggestion. You take like five-gallon pickle buckets, and you take 10 of them, and nine of them you put a mouse trap, and the 10th one you don't, and you have sets of 10 lined up four or five times, so you got like 50 mouse traps or 50 buckets, and you pray that God will guide your hand into the bucket without a mouse trap, and you stick your hand in there, and if you get snapped by a mouse trap, that should tell you something that either God's not there or He's not looking out for you. Yeah, but you got to realize that that some little experiment with buckets and mousetraps isn't going to be something our Heavenly Father is going to care about. If I'm how do you think, know that? Well, He should care uh, about if somebody believes in Him. No, no. I, I guess I shouldn't have said care. I should say if I'm like, hey, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on trial right now. Yeah. See, that this kind of goes back to what what Tracy was saying is that. If you get the job, God wins. If you don't get the job, God wins because he doesn't want you to have that job. If, well, if there, you there's don't, there's a win. Because if, if you don't get, yeah, if you don't get the mousetrap, God guided your hand. If you do hit the mousetrap, it wasn't worthy of God's time. I mean, there's no well, way for God to There's a There's not, a video online, and I don't know whether to recommend it or not, but it's just about, I can, I can summarize it for you so that you don't have to sit through the whole thing. But it's basically like pray to a milk jug. Oh, yeah. Right? So, so get yourself an milk, empty milk jug and pray to that milk jug and see if the milk jug answers your prayers the same way God does. Does the milk jug sometimes? But you guys have, you've read the Bible, right? I mean, you, you know yeah. you can't. Tempt That's why I'm an atheist. Like no, I'm not tempting God. I'm saying pray to a milk jug for like you know a month and see if you get similar results that you get when you pray to God. Like when you pray for things, do you sometimes mm. get them and sometimes not from the milk jug? And do you then believe when you do get them that the milk jug has answered your prayer? Well, I don't ask for quantifiable results. Well, can I get a, a job? job? A job's pretty quantifiable. Yeah. Uh, that, but but that now wait, that, but that even makes the I, test, I wait, that, that makes that it even, a, even weirder of a test, right? When you're not even asking for something that can be quantified. Like, you're sort of making this thing softer and softer 
I, I think you could plug in a milk jug, pray to the milk jug, and you will sometimes get what you want and sometimes not. Yeah. Well, I, I've got another line of questioning for you. Does God have a plan? Does he know everything that's going to happen in advance? Of course. Okay. Why do you pray at all then? Because I want to speak to my heavenly father. Right, but you're, you're asking him to change something. And, no, and, and I'm who asking, are you to ask? I'm not asking him to change anything of his plan. Did you ask I'm to get the job? Him, oh, no, 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 not at all. You didn't ask? I, okay, so, no, I didn't ask for the job. The sister missionary said, if I pray before I go to the job interview, I'll get the job. So, so when that, I prayed, I prayed and said, Heavenly Father, I'm here. Okay, so... And, I'm so sorry. And I asked for nothing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping up, so forgive me. This is, I have problems uh, sometimes. They said if you prayed before the job, you would get the job. Before the interview, yes. Right, right. thank you. You prayed before the interview, you would get the interview. You'd get the job. Did you want the job? Yeah, I had nothing. Okay, sure, sure. I had two nickels. Sure, sure. And when you prayed, did you know that you were more likely to get the job by praying because that's what they told you? Yeah, I felt, okay. I felt. Sure, sure, sure. So you can semantically dance around it with word definitions, but you prayed with the intent of it influencing the probability of you getting a job. You got the job sure. and then you recognized that you getting something was a result of the prayer. So you did pray for something. So you can't now say you didn't yeah. pray for that reason. Uh, you're, you know what? I have to say you're right. However, I like you when, when I got the job, I, I didn't even know. Okay. So I said a sister missionary. I didn't know she was a sister missionary. She had a little tag on and, and, you know, looking back to the church of Jesus Christ letters and, and said her name. And, um, she told me about this at the gas pump. I was putting gas in my Camaro. I had a Camaro back then. Um, and she said, if you pray, you'll get the job. And I prayed and I got the job and I didn't know she was part of the LDS faith whatsoever. Okay. And uh, I've talked to John about this. Um, uh, a couple of weeks later I was working and a couple of, uh, elders knocked on my door, missionaries knocked on my door. And they came into my apartment and they saw this pamphlet that that girl gave me. And they said, what is that? And I said, there's a pamphlet. And I told them what happened. I told them this girl said, you know, if you pray, you'll get the job. And they're like, whoa, holy cow. Like, and they started teaching me about the church right then. And so it wasn't like, what do you think? Like, I wasn't like, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get the job. God's going to come through. And obviously, if I didn't pray and didn't get the job, I think my bigger picture was not that job. That's not the job I have now. I've gone to college. I have a good job. Um, I think the big picture was uh, the sister, the spirit, uh, telling her to ask me to pray about this. Right, but the problem is you don't know if you hadn't prayed that you wouldn't have still gotten the job. Yeah, it's not the best. Right, so... Of course I don't know. Right, and so it may just be that she told you to do something and you did it and it was completely irrelevant to whether or not you would get the job. 
that it, had you not, had you just blown it off and gone and, you know, watched TV instead, that you would still have gotten the job. That's the problem. This experiment is not a really well-designed experiment is the part of the problem. The other issue that it, I... It sure isn't. Right. The other <laughs> issue that I have is that there are people who have different gods who pray for things and they get them. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, the only reason, only reason why I brought that up was because that's one of the reasons why I'm part of this faith. Right, but I'm I'm saying there are people who are in other faiths, there are people in other faiths who have other experiences, right, that that have similar experiences to yours, and they have different gods. If someone prayed to Muhammad before going to a job interview and they get it, does that mean that they're right and you're wrong? Or what what does it mean? Uh, Right, like I don't know what it would mean. No, 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 it means our Heavenly Father is looking after that person no matter what they're doing. Okay, so what if Allah yeah. is the true God and he's looking out for you even if you're a Mormon, even if you're in the Mormon church? Um, then, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe in, in Allah. I know you don't, no, but I, you just said that it's possible that you could be feeling like God is helping you out and working in your life and you could be following along the wrong God. Would you rather be following the true God? Of course, I am. I am. I'm following the true God. Right, but you just basically finished saying that there could be a Muslim somewhere who's having the exact same experience as you, and it's because your God is looking out yeah, for him. And I'm saying, what if Muslim, his God is looking out human. for you? Well, uh, that that human is is also being taken care of by our Heavenly Father. You, you know, one thing, one right, thing but, I did like, when I, when, when I was a kid, when I was a Catholic, right? I remember one of my earliest memories when I was a Catholic. Uh, his name was Father Simon. It was, a, it was a father up there. He was great. He used to have a fishing pole. And he used to like sit there and like, you know, I'm a fisher of men. And, um, okay. and one time it was a different father. And I stood up in church as a little kid and I said, hey, mom, there's a different God. And everybody was shunning me for that. <laughs> but one thing I remember when I was a kid is that if you weren't baptized and you weren't Catholic, that you're kind of not going to paradise. You're not going to heaven. And, um, or, you know, you're in purgatory. I'm not a Catholic right now. So if there's Catholics out there listening, I apologize because I'm not sure about that. But, um, one thing about the LDS faith is that if you're Muslim, if you're a guy in the jungle that worships a totem pole, and you have never heard of Jesus ever in your life. You don't know about his struggles, his sacrifice. You don't know about our Heavenly Father, the Spirit, anything. Um, there still is heaven for you, not just heaven you can be with our Heavenly Father. Right, but what if you're wrong, right? What if you're wrong? What if I'm wrong? Yeah, then what if you're over. wrong? What if you have the uh, wrong religion? Um, what if you're following after the wrong God and the wrong doctrine? That's, that's what I'm saying. If you're wrong, mm-hmm. like this Muslim fellow, Yeah. No, he no he like still can be in heaven. Right, but what I'm saying is what if your view that everybody who's got the wrong god is going to heaven is wrong? What if that's wrong? I mean, what if me, what if I'm wrong? Right. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Well then I'm sure I would I'm very intuitive. I'm I'm very in tune 
with what is right and wrong in my life. Okay. And I would know that this is wrong for me. Well, I'm not saying wrong for I you, I, but couldn't something be wrong and still feel good to you? Because look at all those other people. I mean, you're basically saying that people following other religions who have different doctrines are all wrong and they have no intuition to speak of that can guide them. What I'm saying is there's somebody right now in another religion saying that they have all these great internal you know, compasses as well and that they are totally sure that they are following the right religion and you will burn in hell because their religion is right. And if you're wrong, wouldn't you want to know that? Yes. However, Joseph Smith asked Heavenly Father about that. You think? And he said, what, what other religions are there? Right, but what if Joseph join? Smith is wrong? There are a lot of religions that claim that they have done the very <gasps> same thing and they're the only one true path. How do you know they are wrong? Well, I'm not... I'm, I'm not... The, <laughs> John, I guarantee you, John is listening right now. John, you're in trouble. Um, so, uh, look, the point is that that our Heavenly Father has given that answer. Wait, you, no, wait you're nobody, saying this, right? You're claiming this. What I'm saying is how do we know you're right and that these other people making opposing claims are wrong. How do I know that? As somebody who's hearing all these claims from all these different sides that conflict, because some people say you die and go to hell. You're saying everyone dies and goes to heaven. And I'm saying, how do I figure out which one of you's got it right? Or if any of you have it right? If you feel like it's wrong, then you shouldn't do it. So if Mm. I feel that Mormonism is wrong, I shouldn't do it. Absolutely not. But wait a second. I have an example that I use sometimes, right? So let's say that I'm going down a dark alley and I'm going to my car after a late night out partying downtown. And I decide to take this shortcut through this creepy dark alley because it's just going to save me a couple blocks, right? So I just want to get where I'm going. And I start getting in this alley and it's getting kind of dark and creepy and I've had a little bit, you know, and I'm like trying to get to my It's whatever. a regular night for you. Yeah. <laughs> and so maybe maybe I'm not really drunk. Let's say, let's take drunk off the table because I'm going to my car. So I'm heading to my car and it's like late at night and I start walking down the alleyway and there's this big dumpster parked on the side of this building and I see something moving that looks like maybe someone is crouching behind this dumpster. And I start to feel nervous and I start to feel scared and I start to feel concerned. And I start asking myself, should I turn around maybe and go back? Or do I even want to turn my back on whatever or whoever that is behind that dumpster? Um, Should I have even taken this alley shortcut? Was this a really bad idea? And I start getting that kind of hot, nervous fear and I'm kind of slowing my pace and wondering what I should do and I'm afraid that I'm going to maybe get mugged or attacked or worse. And as I get a little bit closer, I see that it's just a loose garbage bag blowing in the wind. And then I feel relieved, right? Like, oh, I'm so glad that it's just this. And then I get out of the alley and I'm like, okay, you know, maybe I don't take the shortcut again. That was a little bit scary. So here's the thing. My feelings did not align to what was real. Right? I felt strong fear for a garbage bag. 
because I thought that yeah. it was a person that might be hiding, which there's not a good reason to hide behind a dumpster late at night in a dark alleyway, except if you want to do something. There might be good reasons, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay, whatever. Not good reasons. I don't want to, I'll talk to Phil later about his reasons. But but the thing is, feelings are not the best way to determine whether or not something is true because our feelings are feedback about what we believe is true. They're not telling us information about what is true. They're telling us how we feel about what we believe is true, even if we're wrong. Isn't that right? Yes. So a feeling is not the best thing to go on because it's just reinforcement of your own belief. So you already believe it, and then you have the feelings that go with the belief because you believe that. Just like if I believe it's something scary, then I feel scared. The belief isn't informing me that there's something to be afraid of. It's just reflecting my fear. But, but Tracy, see, when you were walking down that dark alley mm-hmm. and you are taking this shortcut yep. in some downtown city. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you guys are, but we're in Austin. Let's pretend it's downtown. Sure. Okay. Austin, downtown Austin. I've been to Austin. Hey, Ziggy. I don't know if you're listening. Okay. Um, um, if you're going down this uh, dark alley uh, and you see something and suddenly you start feeling emotional about it, you start feeling scared. What sure. do you do? That's an, evolu- that's an evolutionary response right it, there. Yes, I agree. But yeah. I'm, my point isn't that it's not normal. It's that the fear is just an emotion that goes with what I believe, even if what I believe is wrong. Whether I, what I believe is right or wrong, whether it's true or false, the belief is going to follow, the, the feeling is going to follow the belief. And so if I have an incorrect okay. belief, I'm going to have a, a warped feeling that goes Wait, with you're that. You're going to have a genuine no, feeling no, about Tracy, something you, that's not you're true. You're not getting the point. Hold on, you're, Tracy, you're not getting the point whatsoever. The point is, your belief was correct. Because if you're walking down a dark alley and there's somebody crouched down there, and it really isn't somebody, it's a garbage bag and you're scared for no reason, that's fine. I'm not saying but it's not fine. I'm saying there. it's not It's not proof of a person crouching behind a dumpster. And it, what you were... It isn't proof behind them there, but... Your, your belief that you have intuitive inside of you is correct. No, it's not because it was just You're, the garbage bag. What I'm saying is that when... What if it wasn't? But that's not the point. Let me jump in because I think you're talking past each other. Are you saying that her belief is correct and her emotions are correct because that's what she really thought was there? No, I'm saying that if we're, if we're talking about... Because uh, you guys are a religious show, right? We're an atheist show, so yeah, if you want to label it that, that's fine. So if you're talking about you want to bring this to to our Heavenly Father, so you're walking down this alley and you're getting this intuition that something is there, and there isn't something there, okay? Uh, Yet you get scared, you recoil, you're not feeling comfortable. That's a correct response. Right, but what you're saying Why? is that you're saying that because you have intuition that heaven exists, then heaven, that's evidence heaven exists. And what I'm saying is it's not. If I have an intuition that there's somebody behind that dumpster, that does not, is not evidence that there's someone behind the dumpster. And you're even saying that it's good intuition, even though it's based on an incorrect belief. And what I'm saying yeah. is your there, intuitions, you may have an intuition and you may have a feeling, but that does not mean that you're right about what it is you think the, that it supports as far as what you believe is true. You may say that about me. 
I can say I, it about I, any I human being. It's it's true about any You're human. In in the religion that I believe, but I'm saying that about you, Tracy. Tracy, right? Yeah, Tracy. If you're in a dark alley walking ever in downtown and you feel like somebody's there, you should run. That's a correct feeling. Right, but it doesn't mean that yeah. there is somebody so, there. So I think I'll say that, yes, the feeling is correct, but the fact that there's a person there, there but is I'm, not correct. Right. I should never, though, think that the feeling is evidence for right. the person being behind the dumpster. The feeling is not evidence. It's just a response to what I believe. The feeling is evidence of right. your response, it's but evidence. not the fact. It's evidence that you should trust your instincts. No, it's not. It's it's evidence. It is, though. No, it's not. You shouldn't walk down that alley. We're, you shouldn't. We're stuck, so... Can you at least admit that a feeling does not have to align with what is in fact true in reality? That's the whole point of that conversation, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and so what I'm saying is it doesn't make sense to say my belief in heaven is correct because I have feelings about it. There, there must be a heaven because I have feelings that there know. is one. What I'm saying to you is your feelings were correct. No matter... Right, but my belief was totally was wrong. There or not. Right, but my belief was totally wrong. But your belief, your response was correct. Yes, but my interpretation of what that would mean if I ran, if I, if I believed that my fear meant... My my emotions do not change what's real, I guess is what I'm yeah. saying. My emotions do not so, impact okay, what so, is really okay, going on. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Right. It's not real because of your emotions. But however, if you're walking down that alley and you run because you have that feeling and there is somebody there, okay. you ran. I could because be, well, let's, let's, make it, let's make you it like ran. you're happy that you're pregnant and then you find out you're really not, that it was a misdiagnosis, right? It doesn't have to be a dire life and death thing. You can, you can have all kinds of feelings about things that, are, that in fact are based on false beliefs. You can have feelings yeah. about things that are false. And that's what I'm saying. When you say, I believe that my heaven is real because I have these instincts and these feelings about it, I'm saying those feelings have nothing to do with what is real. They are simply your responses to what you believe is real, even if you're wrong. So they're not evidence of anything. They're evidence that you should trust your feelings. No, all right. I don't know where to go with this. Um, we'll just have to let this call lie. <laughs> you, you, it's, it's true, though. It is true that you should trust your feelings. No. Circumstance. No, you should trust what is real. Whether you feel a certain way about it or not is irrelevant. You need to know what's actually going on. I don't care if I feel like my house has a good foundation. I want to know if it actually has a crack that's a problem. My feeling that it's fine doesn't mean that it is fine, and I want to know if the foundation is messed up. Wouldn't you? Of course. Yeah, so it, do, you, do you think I should trust my feeling that my foundations are fine and not get it checked? No, you should get it checked. Okay. okay, then I shouldn't go with my feelings, and I shouldn't trust just my intuition that the foundation is okay. When I go to buy a house, I need to get the thing checked by an inspector. That's right. And so the same is if you're walking down an alley 
you should have somebody with you and say, hey, go check behind that dumpster. Yep. Safety first, folks. Yep. Because I had that feeling. Yeah. But right? but the point is your feelings don't support your beliefs. They are simply responses to what you already believe, whether you're right or wrong. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, well, no, I, I, I completely agree with you. I then next time someone asks you if how you know that you're right about heaven and that there's not a hell that people are going to, don't say it's because I feel like it. I feel like that's what it has to be. I have good instincts. Huh? I didn't say anybody was going to hell. No, I'm saying people did. And you said, no, no, my religion says everybody goes to heaven. I said, how do you know this? And you said, because you have these feelings and these instincts about it and that you'd know if it was wrong. And I'm saying, no, your feelings and your instincts don't tell you what's wrong. It's not my feelings. It's because of the teachings of the church. Because everybody... The the whole question is whether the teachings of the church are correct. And you used your feelings as support for how you knew these teachings were right. The whole question is whether or not the teachings are correct. You can't use the teachings well, the evidence, to prove the teachings. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's also evidence. There's also there's not uh, evidence. There is no evidence. You would have started with that if you had. Yeah, if, if there was evidence, we we'd have talked about that. You know, fifteen minutes ago. Twenty. Twenty. All right. Yeah. And with <laughs> no, that, I, I have to move no, there's, on. There's evidence. I have to move on. I Hold hope back. that. Come back again. I hope that John got his <laughs> his bet worth. Um, and that he's not at home screaming at us and saying, why didn't you say this? Um, so, well, but, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much Thank you for, for calling. calling, and we do appreciate that you did you know, own up that bet and, and give your, the show a call. Is your show on the radio? We're on or, YouTube right now. And podcast. Yeah, you're live. <laughs> oh, no, no. One oh, yeah. million people. It's cool. YouTube. All right. Thank you for What's calling, Noah. Show? Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so I promised, I promised something and I, I really kind of dropped the ball because that call went on and now we're almost at what would normally be the end of the show. I don't mind going a little bit longer. I got all day. Okay, but we do have, I promised that we had a little secret thing to oh, unleash yeah. and uh, I waited longer than I meant to, but we do have a new show coming out. A new show. And it's called Atheist Vanguard and we have a promo that they want to play. I love this promo. I hope my pastor don't see this. <laughs> How in the hell can anybody who love also have wrath? Isn't that like schizophrenic? God was going to destroy and kill his own people, which he did many times. Stoning? Yeah, you know, yeah. Stoning. Not in a good way? Know. Individually, it would never occur to you to stone your child. Exactly. It takes religion to make a good person do wicked fucking things. <laughs> if you live fundamentally, if you read that book and do what it says... You're going to be a really weird dad. Magical Jesus bit. It's the parietal low part of your brain that will bring you that feeling of oneness with the universe or mm-hmm. a particular God or whatever. Yeah. If you're praying for things, uh, are you r- trying to change God's unaltered plan? And can you do that with prayer? Like Moses at the burning bush. It's always been some crazy person out alone somewhere who has this alleged discussion with God. I want to see him put some spit dirt on someone's nub where the innocent person has to actually suffer so that the guilty person gets off the hook isn't that religious morality doing what you're told no matter what is right it's just so skewed away from reality and from being what is right and moral to me it's that's naive and it's insulting it's absolutely ridiculous and it's offensive we don't really know what we're gonna find out unless we ask
We really don't. You viewers are yeah. missing this. And those of you that don't go out with us, it's so much fun. We get to hear this stuff all the time. Welcome to The Atheist Vanguard, a production of the Atheist Experience Network. And unlike some of the other shows on the network, The Atheist Vanguard goes into the streets and speaks to people. We want to get their stories. We want to know what they believe, why they believe it, and how they know it's true. Then we take those stories back to the studio and do some analysis and breakdown. Please join us on the forefront of the atheist movement. I have a moral obligation to do my part in the battle to reduce the number of people that believe false things. To clarify, I do not want to reduce the number of people. Yes. Just to be clear, I <laughs> want to reduce the number of false things those people believe. And... Behold. And it's the anger it's of the Lord. God has struck down our power. Behold the power of cheese. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Bye. Thanks for watching. Oh, that was so much fun. Oh, my God. Our power went out yesterday. That right? was super fun. Yeah. Right when I was talking about God, he, he, he turned off the lights. I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing. Well, we made it back today, so I guess his wrath has passed. Yeah. Power's working fine today. Yeah. God no, likes no me. No flood. Uh, so that's cool. <laughs> All right. Um, even though Noah called. And so we are going to air the first, I guess, premiere episode of Atheist Vanguard after this show. So be sure to hang out. I think it's like a 20-minute segment that we're running. Sounds right. Um, we are going to take a few more calls, so we're not right. quite wrapped. We'll go ahead and, and continue on. Again, if you all want to, if you're watching out from you know a distance but you're in Austin, uh, maybe come on down to the Free Thought Library and join us for dinner. We're Every gonna day you guys are here. serving Somebody. it up in just a little bit. So Every day of the week you're on. Um, we're going to keep taking a few other callers a little bit off the, um, you know, after the hour here. But uh, let's go ahead and hit some of these folks that have been waiting. Um, this is, is it Proffel? Hello, can you guys hear me? Yeah, are you in, Hi is it Hyber Hyderabad, uh, India? Yeah. And yeah, you want to talk about blasphemy laws. And is it, is your name Proffel? Yep, Pruffel. Actually, you got it right than more Indians do, so <laughs> that's amazing. I work with many people in India, and so I'm pretty uh, good with the names, but I have never seen this one before. So you're on with Tracy and Phil, so let's talk blasphemy. Yes, and before I start anything, I would like to say something first, because I've been watching this uh, show since 2017, and I, I mean, I know everyone from the show, Phil, Russell, everyone, Don, everyone, but... I have a, you know, I have a soft spot for you and Matt because you are the first people I saw in during for this show at least. And I agree with a lot of viewers. I think you are the Sigoni Weaver for the atheist movement. I get that, I yeah. Okay. Because I can see you coming in an exosuit, like, get away from them, you believers, you know, something yeah. like that. I think Martin Wagner has a photo that's like a, me holding my cat and then one of her in Alien holding the cat where it's like uh -huh. this side-by-side thing. And so God, I, I, I can't, I I can't just, hammer somebody for bringing it up because the other hosts <laughs> mock me for it as well. So, yeah. You know, if cool. there's a T-shirt on that, I would buy it gladly, seriously. Oh, a T-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's. I don't okay. think that's available yet. But anyway, blasphemy in India. Okay. Yes. So the thing I wanted to discuss is uh, the truth is I openly came out as an atheist uh, two years ago. Before that, I was born into a Hindu family. My parents are not. They're not overly religious. They are God fearing people. So they always everything is about God for them. So you're not Brahmin, uh, right? You're not like the 
I am. <laughs> you are. I mean, wow. And so your people are. You're like my parents aren't really yeah. that religious. I was like, oh well, maybe he's not the. But they, yeah, actually, they are very religious. But when I say I don't want to use the term overly religious because they're very nice. They're very <laughs> open to other religions. But you know, deep down, they believe. They, I think they most care about God than anything. You know, some of the oh, yeah. some of the most mm-hmm. kind of open Indian conversations mm-hmm. I've had have been with people from the Brahmin caste who seem to be mm-hmm. less religious than you would think. Sometimes I, the thing is, that there's another thing. I don't actually call myself a Brahmin <laughs> because I think that would be ridiculous if I say that. It's like someone saying who's an atheist also admitting they're Catholic. I think I don't think there's <laughs> any point for that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean. So after that, I started doing a lot of research because I became an atheist after coming through a lot of people, coming across a lot of people of different cultures. And a lot of my parents assumed that I am doing it out of spite against God. But the truth is, I even told them, like you guys say, how can I hate someone I don't believe exists? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a very long discussion. I don't want to get into that. But yeah. So the thing is, uh, during my research and during all these episodes I watch you guys, I realized that you guys have this luxury of debating or even challenging religion. And I realized being born in a country like India, which I really admire, is I don't have that freedom because there are we have these blasphemy laws. And I came across this during one particular case, which I think you guys might find interesting. Okay. This happened in 2012. Uh, so there's this gentleman called Joseph Edamuruku, and his actual name is, uh, I mean, the screen name is Senal. So apparently in 2012, there was a church in Mumbai, which reported that the crucifix, the feet of the, you know, Christ was, uh, there was water dripping from it. So people, I mean, I don't think the Catholic Church itself called that a miracle, but a lot of people uh, nearby and a lot of people called that a miracle. And this gentleman did a research and he came out saying that the most plausible cause is that it's a dripping caused by the capillary action from a clogged drain. I think I read this. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I remember this article. But the thing is, the aftermath is the most craziest thing I've ever heard because some of the most, uh, some of these uh, Catholic associations, I think they put a case on him. And he had to pretty much move to Finland to escape jail time. Wow. Because when I yeah, when I read the incident, I was confused because I didn't see any malice in his discussion. It sounded logical. It sounded <laughs> something that actually might have happened. Well, the to, logical uh, part is, is the problem. Yeah, that's not... I mean, I guess yeah. it's blasphemy. Once they claim it's like miraculous, then you can't say it's not. I don't know. You can't question it after that. No. Nobody may come in and examine. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. So he actually had to move. No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't he, realize he that. Moved he moved to Finland because there was going to be an imminent terrorist, if I'm right. And the sad part is there was another gentleman called Narendra Dablokar who was also... Uh, who's also a member of this, uh, sorry, Rationalist Association. He was actually shot dead, point blank. That's not so good. So there were these, so after all these incidents, ever, ever since that, I've always questioned the point of a blasphemy law because it's weird how someone can make a comment about a religion or a god. They get murdered or they get sentenced for prison time. And and after all this, I'm, I was like, who's done getting persecuted here, the religion or the people? Right. It was conf- so I can't exactly discuss a lot of these things with everyone because some people think I'm being too radical, which I don't think I am. I hopefully not. Yeah. No, no. Um, and this affected me in many ways because, you know, my dating life definitely took a hit. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, because the moment I say atheist, everyone is like, what do you believe in? Our, even my mom said this to me when I came out as an atheist. I love her to death, but she was genuinely confused and she was like, what about your morals? What are you going to believe in if you don't believe in God? 
and i was just sitting there thinking i believe everything else except this proposition you are making right <laughs> so yeah i mean this entire thing the the way people are getting murdered and in bangladesh you hear a lot of atheists being hacked to death right so i really want to put this out there saying who are you trying to protect god i mean i thought it's we're supposed to protect people we see not a god we well, probably I, believe I, i see blasphemy laws as a way for humans to provide the uh the vengeance of their own mm-hmm. impotent god Mm-hmm. because if their god could do it he wouldn't need blasphemy laws so the very fact that there are blasphemy laws shows that that god is incapable of doing anything i mean it's also kind of weird and sad to think about that because like imagine if i'm saying tom cruise did not do well in the recent movies do you think tom cruise will really care that some dude in <laughs> india really doesn't like his acting but god does i even make these jokes is i'm a stand up yeah. comedian as well so i I used to make this joke I mean is God so vain or so insecure that Tom yes. Cruise I mean think about it Tom Cruise the guy from Scientology I mean I don't know if I should say it that dude is more like you know logical than him yeah I don't <laughs> I mean so yeah I read a lot of religions about Scientology Mormonism and the more I read about every religion the more I started to think okay this does not make sense I mean once again I'm not and the thing is when I say this people think I'm trying to offend people My only thing is yeah I'm just trying to state what I see. So yeah I mean it I'm I'm kind of annoyed with the whole blasphemy thing and I hope that one day we get to the point where we don't have to do that. Yeah blasphemy laws are very scary. They're very mm-hmm. scary. Um you know I, I totally agree and I think that it's a good idea. I mean even even in the absence of the laws just the social mm-hmm. response sometimes can be yeah. I mean there are social yeah. responses that go really extreme in some areas where people are killed or you know riots or cartoons. And yeah and yeah. and it it even exceeds the laws in the countries where they happen and yet there's mm-hmm. very little legal response when somebody goes you know medieval on someone else for a blasphemy <laughs> thing or some sort of religious honor insult um uh-huh. and then they they even when they do break the law and go out and like a mob kills somebody they almost never get you know in trouble for it because yeah i mean there were so many stories we hear in this i mean even in pakistan for that matter there was i think you guys might have heard about this there was a student who was pretty much killed in the dorm he was uh, hacked to death by some people and so all these things and recent i mean this whole thing came to my i mean knowledge because there was a, there's a state called punjab i think you guys must have heard about it in india previously blasphemy laws we have it as section 295a under that you can get prison time for 3 years i think but i think punjab has now made it a law where you can get life sentence if actually you are committed under blasphemy wow which is yeah i, I don't know how to react to that and the thing is <laughs> I, i honestly i don't either other than to you know it's like all you can do is advocate for it but the problem is these types yeah. of laws make it impossible to advocate that's the point right i mean there I mean, was a there's yeah. a woman that was um a lawyer there's a lawyer in the middle east i'm trying to remember what country it was but i i oh god i want to say it was saudi i've got the link posted on the godless bitches website um for facebook mm-hmm. and she, oh. she uh She basically was a lawyer who handled cases of women being um arrested for removing their their head coverings in public, Not right? Not being modest. Right. Mm-hmm. And so she was the lawyer defending them. 
And they basically mm-hmm. brought charges against her as the lawyer for some we- – I forget how they phrased it, but it was basically promoting you know, immorality um, by defending these women. So literally you can't even now have a lawyer to defend your due process you – know, to, to exercise your due process with some sort of representation in court because now your lawyer gets arrested over this. And it's just like how, how are – you can't have laws that stop people from – Working, working. I mean, you. This is this. When you start denying people any form of due process, there's no freedom. Yeah, that's just that should never ever be tolerated by a population. I mean, the the thing that really upsets me is how to see a lot of nice people. Like, for example, I've been hearing, I've been throughout the show, and Saad, Saad, I think, from Pakistan. Mm -hmm. He sounds like a really nice guy, but what really upsets me is... Yeah, listen to last week's show. Oh, I did, I did, actually. (laughs) Oh, did you hear him last week? I heard some stuff that he had said, and I was just like, whoa. Oh, yeah, he was... I think he said something on the line, so... (laughs) I think Matt was pointing out how nine-year-olds... I mean, they are children at the end of the day, and he was saying something like... They're mature enough to use an iPad. And it hurt me really bad thinking that someone is bending, you know, upside down just to make it work. I'm like, why can't you see that you are literally twisting your morality? Well, I mean, I do think he went and thought about it a little bit. Like, based on his comments this week, I think he did put some thought into what happened last week. So, you know, to be fair, he, you know, he apologized for some of the things he said and how people might have reacted. And um, but what you're saying, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't really have much to add, no. right? It's just we're, we agree yeah. and our goal is to push mm-hmm. against these kinds of things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, there, you're, like, like Phil is saying, if your God is so offended, let him take me to court. That he's been yeah. de- defamed. You he'll, know? Ju- he'll judge me later. Let, let, him, me let, him, yeah. let him, you know, yeah, let, let him sue me for defamation. Uh, I say the same thing. I mean, if, yeah, I say the same thing. If God is real, I'm gonna burn like a paratha in hell anyway. So <laughs> why would I? Why would I need to get punished here? Yeah. And if you guys don't mind me saying, I just want to add a couple of things to Saad. I mean, I I saw this entire thing uh, last week, and like how Matt was trying to point out a problem, and he would completely ignore that and say, "Well, you have something good." I was thinking if today one of you guys have brought up the whole the Brunei situation, I don't know how to say the name, sorry. The Sultan of Brunei or Brunei. Yeah, Brunei is what we call it. Yeah, Brunei. So when the when the Sultan is now planning on killing gay people, yes. I'm sure if you brought it up, he would have said, but they do have great hotels. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he would have gone there. I mean, it's it's hard but, to say. I in in and, and I'm not I'm not defending anything he said. But I'm going to say that sometimes when people call in, we have conversations that what I I describe it as we get them off the script. Okay, so Mm -hmm. they have to start winging it. And when you get a person who's used to a particular script that has to now go off the road Mm -hmm. and sort of off-road it, they're going to say really weird things. That's not abnormal. Things will come out of their mouths that later they will go back and hear and say, Mm-hmm. Why did I say that? Or I can't yeah. believe I said that because they don't uh-huh. know what to say at that point, right? You're you're taking think, yeah. them into areas. Sometimes what the people do is just lock up, right? They just lock yeah. up and they uh-huh. don't even know how to respond to it. And, and if I think I uh-huh. if I think a caller's doing that, I'll usually stop and say, "You don't have to answer right now. Yeah. Why don't you go and and think yeah. about it and maybe call us back?" I would like our our new yeah. Mormon uh-huh. friend to go back yeah. and re-listen to. And he Segment. Uh, I mean, right. I think yeah. you will. Yeah. But um, I, uh, yeah. I appreciate. I mean, I appreciate your call. I wish we had a solution. I, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, if if I have to just point out a couple of things as well. I mean, I know it has nothing to do with the whole blasphemy thing, but I thought I'll just point out because I hear this thing a lot. How uh, you know 
when people are making parallels to religions, they compare Krishna, Lord Krishna to Jesus. And I know a lot of Indians are kind of very opposed to that because they say Jesus was born of a virgin, while Krishna, according to the religion, he was the eighth son. And so they say that, yeah, the mother is not a virgin by any chance. She clearly had seven children. But the thing is, this is something I picked up from a lot of books and even from ISKCON, you know, the Hare Krishna people. It is said that apparently, I mean, I'm just putting it out there because I don't want people to get, you know, one, uh, you know, I don't want them to clog with only one part of information. So the information I found is that apparently God himself appeared before her and told her, you don't have to have sex with your husband. Mental conjugation is how I'm going to be born. So they do, a, in a way, Krishna is born of a virgin because he was not born okay. with sexual intercourse, okay. but, you know, mental conjugation. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I'm not trying to debate anyone on this because like I tell you, I actually got death threats, by the way. I'm a stand-up comedian. Like Holy I cow. And I'm not even big on any level. Like I don't have any YouTube shows or anything. I just do live shows. But the whole point of me being a stand-up comedian is because I want to make jokes on stuff that are tabooed so that the more you laugh about something, the more the dogma is gone and the more you can actually sit down and start to analyze it. Yeah, humor. And I did a joke. Humor yeah. is a great way to address things when people aren't threatening you with death. Yes. <laughs> and the the thing is, the one, the two times I got death threats, one person was I don't I don't know how to label him because he pretty much shouted from the audience saying I'm going to murder you or something in a slang, and I told him I'm going to be waiting outside, and he left. The other gentleman actually was nice enough to come up to me. You know, he was very angry, but. The whole point of me making the joke was to mention, I didn't create anything. I'm just telling you what's in the book. And apparently, if I say it out loud, people are saying, that sounds silly. And I'm like, that's exactly my point. Yeah. I'm just trying to show you the same thing with a different, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I mean, it's. I, I want to say it's a dream talking to you guys because... I've been listening to you guys. I think I pretty much listened to every episode now in the past one and a half year. I listen to you guys when I'm at the gym in the office. And I, I think I want to ask you guys one last thing, if you don't mind me asking. It depends on how quick, because we got other people still oh, on the really line quick. and we're already really late. Oh, oh, okay. In that case, uh, I mean, I just want to see what you guys think about deja vu, because I experienced I have it a lot it. as well. <laughs> I think I just experienced it. <laughs> <laughs> because believe it or not, while the call is, even you know, before I got on the line, I actually uh, <laughs> I had this deja vu that I definitely saw this me sitting, you know, like it's 4.45 in the morning here, waiting to talk to you guys. And I felt like this I've definitely seen. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Sounds like time for sleep. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe I'm just hallucinating. But yeah, my dream is to one day be on the show with you guys. I know. Like, oh, thank you. Uh, well, you were. Today, your dream came true. You were on the show. Oh, with yeah. Us. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you know, like, yeah, like Phil and you guys. It's a dream. It's a stupid dream, but you know, it's just there. <laughs> but thank you very. It's good to have much. goals. I, uh, yeah. All right. And please convey my believed birthday wishes to Matt. I will. Thank you very much, Proffel. Thank you. No problem. Okay. We're gonna let's just see. We we are kind of tight on time here. I'm gonna go. We'll do try another one and see how how it goes. <laughs> try our luck. Um, we're looking at David in Washington who wants to talk about how Chris Lengen's paper was disproved by si who is it? Chris Lengen. You guys have actually had a couple calls about him before. Okay, we're well, on with Tracy and Phil. And what's on your mind? Hey, um, sorry, I was uh, actually listening to a few calls um, this week, and Chris Langan kept coming up, 
kept coming up. Uh-huh. Um, they kept on saying how smart he is, and how his theory is going to come out and change everything. Um, so I looked it out, up, and he actually has released the theory, the CTMU. Um, and I'd like to read you what real scientists think about it real quick. Sure. Just a few quick quotes, and then yeah, yeah. this will be really fast. I understand. All right. So the first one comes from B.I. Uh, I'm going to say Rahel, R-E-H-L. Um, he's a human-level AGI and cognitive theory researcher uh, who uh, just, uh, contributed to uh, the theory of knowledge, which is how we know what knowledge itself is. Um, so he's, he's very involved in this field. And what he says is, we didn't use anything from CTMU because there is nothing in it of any value. In fact, if you use the same rules that Langan did, you could create your own fake theory like CTMU in 15 minutes or so. It didn't require any intelligence or expertise. Um, apparently what Langan did was take a computer class at the same time he was taking some uh, other classes on physics and reality. And uh, he decided that humans are straight up comparable to computer systems. One-to-one comparison and anything that might have been different between us, he ignores entirely. Oh, wow. Okay. So this has been in, completely and utterly laughed out of the scientific field because it also starts out with not a premise or anything. It starts out with describing what science is. His actual theory paper does for the first, like, three paragraphs. That's weird. It's so messed up. <laughs> like, cover to cover. I mean, is he, he publishing for other scientists? Or what? who's he publishing no, for? he's publishing for... His, the CTMU is his own theory. And this is what... Uh, I, I think Andrew was the last one to tell you about this. Yes. And it got me really curious because I keep on hearing his name here and there. So I looked him up and he's just... He's, there's no science. I mean, is there's he... But I mean, is he... Is this somebody that's publishing in research journals or... Well, he has tried to. He put the CTMU out, but, like, it didn't get peer-reviewed because as soon as it got seen, people were just like, this... The way he put together the paper was invalid. Okay, so, so it's, off, it's, it's just... You're saying it's just that bad. It's just that bad. Okay. All right. Point made. Um, like, I, I'm... I'm there, on Cora, you can look this up. There's scientist after scientist saying, like, why did he write this? this you know what? Nothing. I'm going to ask if I had plugged the blog earlier, but I would like to ask if you could go post some of the links to these quotes and to what you're what you're pr- pretty much putting out here on the air um, over at the blog. It's freethoughtblogs, freethoughtblogs.com forward slash AXP. And I do want to give you a heads up. I forgot to tell the other caller that I asked about the blog Um you actually do have to wait for your first post to be moderated. Um, So just a heads up, when you go to post, if you haven't posted on our blog before, there's a little bit of a delay that could go a day or two. I try to go and clear comments the first few days to kind of get things, you know, greased. But uh, don't freak out and start reposting your comment 20 times because it didn't show up. It just means you have to be moderated. Um, So go ahead and just post that information there, and I think that would be extremely useful for folks. Nice. Okay, I will do that. And the last thing about this call is uh, Chris Langan's claim to his own IQ is physically impossible. Okay. Interesting. All right. So he, real quick, <laughs> he, he says his, his IQ is between 190 and 210. That's him saying it himself. But the normal IQ scale is a 15 standard deviation scale. So to have an IQ of 210, you would have to have a population of 100 trillion. So he's really so, smart. 
this very quote unquote very smart man with this quote unquote very smart theory. I got the biggest brain. I got the biggest brain. The biggest brain. <laughs> the smartest best theories with the I biggest got the words. Smartest so actually, thoughts and the best words. I, I'd, I'd like to put out a warning. <laughs> Anyone who's about to go read CTMU right now. If you've ever seen that episode of Friends where Joey has to write a letter of recommendation for Chandler and Monica and he right-clicks every word and hits the story, that is what Langan did. Ah, uh, that's sad. It is a slog. Okay, yeah. So, good luck. 50 Cent Words. There you go. Shout out to the 50 Cent Word. 50 Cent Words, yeah. All right, well, thanks, David. I appreciate your call. Not a problem. I appreciate getting in and getting my two cents in. All right, have a good night. So now we're going to... Tom in Waterford, Michigan, you're considering atheism and you want help breaking indoctrination and you're on with Tracy and Phil. Tom in Waterford, Michigan. Going once. Well, I hope we didn't lose Tom. I know I didn't take him off. I know, but I'm waiting. They're, they're letting me know in the control room to give him... Give him a little... Okay, we'll try put him back on hold. Maybe next show. Yeah, and then we'll move on quickly to Josh in Missouri who needs help countering claims, particularly subjugating women in the Bible. You're on with Tracy and Phil, and you're in... I think I said Missouri, yeah. Hey, Josh. Hi, can you hear me okay? You sound great, yeah. Hi, uh, good afternoon, Tracy. Uh, Paul, how you guys doing today? Phil, yeah, good. Fantastic. Oh, Phil, I'm so sorry, That's Phil. okay. It's okay. I, it doesn't hurt that <laughs> he much. He answers to anything that starts with a P. I'm just crying a little. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's good to have you both. It's uh, great to be on the show. Uh, long-time listener. I'm really excited to be here. Um, so, yeah, just a, a quick shout-out to you guys' uh, call screeners. I got my call dropped um, uh, some time ago. Oh, my like, gosh. I hope it wasn't me. I know I dropped one, like, last time I was on. And if it was me, I apologize. Oh, uh, no, no. I think that was mostly on my end. But uh, they were able to resolve that pretty smoothly. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's really awesome of them. I really love you guys' yeah. call screeners. All right. What can we do for you? Uh, yeah. And uh, another thing, I'm just a... Uh, yeah. Uh, so I'm a student of uh, Southeast Missouri State University and a proud member of the uh, Secular Student Alliance here. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, Shout out to SSA. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, we're 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 going strong. Uh, we're getting more members all the time, and I do believe uh, Matt collaborated with us uh, some years ago, so that was pretty awesome. Cool. I'd really like to hope to get to meet him and maybe you guys too sometime. Now, yeah. do you guys have a group going to Cincinnati? Uh, I think uh, uh, the members did mention something about Cincinnati pretty recently. Um, Make sure they contact American Atheists. There's money to help students from universities and high schools go and cut your costs. Well, I will t- definitely talk to the president of uh, the SSA and see if we can uh, work something out there. That'd yes. be awesome. Yeah, we- weekend of the nineteenth, so make it quick. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, so the topic today um, isn't really uh, instead of doing a specific topic. Uh, as I told the call screener, uh, what I have here is I've made a list of uh, very a number of very small, short, simple topics that I'd like to go through. Um, I've watched you guys' episodes all, all the time, and uh, I like to watch Matt's uh, Atheist Debates videos. And uh, out of all the things that I've covered and learned, uh, these are just a few of the things that kind of give me a little pause and don't quite understand them all. Um, but luckily, they're very short, very small, very simple. And uh, Let's see how many we can uh, hit. Let's let's start, and, uh, and we'll see how many we yeah, can get through. Can, uh, okay. Yeah, I just want to burn through them all real quick and see, and so you guys can move on to other Let's people. do it. Um, so I have... Uh, 
You guys can pick one if it's any if it has any interest. I to you. can't see the so list. I have uh, claims. Of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. So I got uh, claims of prophecy. Um, okay, prophecy. Let's do prophecy. Uh, prophecy is an easy one. Let's go for it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how do you uh, tend to address prophecy? Okay, it depends on the claim. But a lot of times, sure. if a person, what a person will do is they'll point, it depends on the type of claim that they're making, right? But you might have a type of claim where they say, this event was prophesied in a book, and then like 100 years later, this thing happened, right? And right. sure enough, you look at the book, and it's got a pretty clear prophecy. The king of the Midianites is going to blah, blah, blah. And then sure enough, this is what happened. Um a lot of times when you go in and you look at like even something as simple as the Wikipedia encyclopedia, you can see information on the different, uh, like the authorship of the book. And it'll talk about the book and how it's written. And a lot of times those, those really specific prophecies that are like, whoa, that's pretty impressive, um, are interpolated. Like they're later additions to the book. So the book will have a date that's like really old. And then you'll have some parts of it that have that look like they're written later. Um, the Christian response to this is usually like, oh, but they're saying that because they don't believe in prophecy and that's why they're, but that's not it. There's a lot of reasons that they say that you can tell that different authorship is employed um, and that this part is written by somebody and this part's written by someone else. And this, well, yeah. One of my favorite things, especially if they look at something in the Old Testament that was prophesized and it came true in the New Testament, right. I will ask the Christian, would the author's, of the newer books have access to the older books. Right. Because if I have access to older issues of Batman comics, can I incorporate parts of that story into a new Batman comic? Of course I can. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, a newer book having a story that fulfills something that was in an older story yeah. just means that they had the ability to read. Right. So basically what I first was talking about was something that would be like, you can't really force the outcome of a war, okay, or the falling of a kingdom. Right. But what Phil is talking about is if that prophecy is open and published and everybody knows about it, people can do a couple things. Number one, they can just make the claim that it happened, right? Like they can say later, yeah, this thing did occur and it aligned with prophecy and they're just, they're just making it up. The other thing they can do is they can actually make the prophecy happen, right? So we see that right now ongoing with like the nation of Israel. It fulfills yeah. all these prophecies to have Israel recreated. And so we've got people who are actually actively pushing to force it to happen because right. they believe the prophecy. And so they make it happen. And it's like, look, the prophecy is fulfilled. It's like, no, you just, you basically saw this thing published that said this was supposed to happen. And then you went and forced it to happen. Like I can make the prophecy that I will not be on this show next week. Yeah. And he'll probably right. be right. That's like a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. And and right. so there's, you know, and, okay. and all he has to do is look at the schedule. It's published. He's not on it, so he won't be here, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty simple. <laughs> um, and so when it comes to things like prophecy, the other problem is that there are things when they'll say, you know, Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies, but the prophecies aren't about Jesus, right? So they'll have a prophecy that's about somebody else. And there was one where Jesus intentionally fulfilled a prophecy and the gospel says that he knew the prophecy so he had his followers go steal a donkey and i think if they stole the donkey from a farmer on a sunday they broke two of the ten commandments just so he could fulfill a prophecy that he knew about and i have no idea i didn't know they stole that donkey yeah they stole it but 
anyway, um, yeah, prophecy uh, is prophecy is generally not um, not all that impressive, right? And the other thing is, if you ask Jews if Jesus fulfilled all their messianic prophecies, they're going to tell you no, right? So the people that actually, right. you know, the, the culture that gave us those prophecies don't believe that Jesus fulfilled them, uh, and so you've got Christians basically telling the Jews they don't know how to read their own books. Yeah. And, the, you know, so it just, right. it, it, the whole thing is just a mess. Prophecy is just a mess. And it, there's, there's nothing impressive about it. The few t- and the few times you, I don't know, it's, I don't, I'm not that impressed with prophecy. So um, does that cover prophecy or do you have any other questions on that? That makes absolute, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. That's a, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so another one, uh, another small point to uh, think about would be uh, the subjugation of women in the Bible. Okay. Um, I hear it come up uh, sometime uh, on the show, but uh, we never really get into full detail as to like clear examples of this or how to properly address it. How to do what? How to uh, properly address uh, this issue of the uh, sub- of subjugation of women in the Bible or uh, the lack of women's rights in the Bible. Um, I've never I've heard uh, this being discussed on the show, but uh, not I don't I haven't really gotten into full detail about like specific examples of this. Oh, or how we well, can... in the in the New Testament, you know, Paul wasn't really into women having a whole lot of influence in the church. Women right? were not allowed to teach a man. Yeah, and you couldn't speak. And if you had a question about something that was talked about in church, you had to keep quiet. And then when you got home, ask, ask your husband um, to tell you what it meant. And they should, you know, not ever cut their hair. And if they did cut their hair, they, they should wear a veil. And they should cover their hair because the giant yeah. angels come down and, and <laughs> rape them. But uh, it's clear over and over and over. And you can go to like evilbible.com or some other sources and find endless examples of... Uh, where women are second-rate citizens, and it's really easy to solve because that's wrong, and they're not. They should be equal in yeah. all ways. Yeah, and I mean, this is New Testament stuff. You could go back to the Old Testament, it gets worse. Yeah. Um, the New Testament is pretty tame oh, yeah. by comparison, right? Like in the Old Testament, it was just pretty horrendous. Or you can look up Lot's daughters. That's a fun one. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a story. Early porn. Yeah. Yeah. Early fetish porn. Daddy porn. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, daddy. And so they... Um, and you but know, anyway. those daughters had an amazing skill because they had to get their dad drunk enough to apparently not yeah. know he's screwing his own daughters, but yet not so drunk that could he could actually screw right. his own daughters. Right, It's so like, I mean... There's I a for, fine, yeah, fine line there. I got to say, for an old dude... Yeah. Being that drunk... Bang a gong, get it on. I mean, That's virile. Yeah. Right? I mean, but anyway. And you know you know why they did that? Because he didn't have any legitimate heirs. Because they were women. They were his daughters. They don't count. Yeah, that's right. So the only way they could get him legitimate heirs was to screw them and produce sons. Yeah. Oh, interesting factoid about American slavery, like U.S. slavery, right? Yeah. It used to be that they were trying to base it on biblical slavery. But in the Bible, if you had a slave that had your children, they were your children. Yeah, that's not cool. No, but I'm just saying, if if you had yeah. if you had a, a woman that was like kept as a slave either by your wife or by you, and you had children with her, those children were considered to be your responsibility, your legitimate children. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, the, the 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 women children could not be heirs, but they were still you, the the they were still the master's children. Yeah. But then in the U.S., we had some laws, some, some uh, cases, court, early court cases, where people sued and said, my father was free, and so I am free, 
according yeah. to the setup, and they won. And then immediately they changed the laws to say that if you have children by your slave, they're slaves. They're not free. They're like the slaves' kids, right? Not your kids. And so one of my friends pointed out, and he's like, the sick thing there is that you had people selling their own children into slavery. And it it comes down to to power. It comes down to money. And allegedly one of the reasons the Catholic Church said their priests can't get married is because they would have married, they would be married, and then have children. And the church would have to take care of the priest's children yeah. when the priest died. And this is a messed up aside. This is like a so messed yeah. up aside. But it's like, yeah, I can't imagine having babies so that you can prosper by selling them all into slavery. It's like, what in the world were we doing? Like money, that money, is money. Wild. And right. it, they, it was supposedly like a yeah. response to the fact that you couldn't import them anymore. So you just made your own. Yeah. Woo. And so, but anyway, wow. with, with regard to the, the women's subjugation, Google, women keep silent in the churches. Um, uh, women not teach t- not teach a man. If you Google those, you'll get some verses. I will warn you that there are apologetic responses, so you can go and look at church responses yeah. because there are you know obviously churches that have women pastors. Those churches do not yeah. interpret those verses in the way that anybody else reading them would. So. When you look at those passages, see what you think about them first. Give them a full reading. Don't just look at the verse. Look at the chapter and, you know, get your own assessment there based on the context. And then go out and look at what these other folks are saying and see if you think it makes more sense or less sense. Well, that is a great idea. I'll definitely uh, look uh, further into that. Yeah. Uh, so just uh, like two more uh, small points to touch up on. Um, I've been on in some debates before, and uh, one in particular comes to mind uh, where this individual um, tried um, – uh, he was telling me about uh, – a mir- he was giving pretty much miracle claims, uh, uh. specifically a claim in which there was a miracle claim that was witnessed by many people, more than eight. He said, oh, I can't really – I don't really remember the specifics, but like some miracle happened, and he said that there were like – eight or 16 people in the room and they all saw this at the same time. So it couldn't have been a hallucination because all of these people saw the same thing. And I know, I know that's uh, an appeal to personal experience, but I don't really know how I'm able to address that. Yeah. You can't address it because there's no way to recreate it, right? This isn't something that you're going to be able to see again. I would, I would address it by say asking if they've ever heard of Penn and Teller. Because you can go to magic shows today where thousands of people can see something happen that seems miraculous and none of them can explain right. it. Right, but I mean, let's say let's say that you and I and Phil, you know, getting our kicks on, we pull out a Ouija board and we start playing <gasps> with the Ouija board. And we start asking this Ouija board like really intensely personal questions no one knows the answer to. And like we're getting, you know, me and you are playing and we're telling Phil all about his history and his, his brain is blowing because we're right and we're telling him his grandmother's middle name and his, you know, great-grandfather's first daughter's, you know, name. And like the whole, like stuff that just could not even be possible, like way beyond the bounds of what we would say would be like coincidence. And this happens and we're all there. We all experience this. And then we go out and we start telling people like, you're not going to believe what happened, right? Like we did the Ouija board and it was telling us all these things about Phil's life. And he wasn't, he didn't even have his hands on the board. It was just, you know, um, the two of us doing it. And um, me, you know, it was me and Josh and, and we're getting all this personal info, but we told him what his bank account Number was. was yeah. yeah. I mean, we, it was wild. You know, I mean, he showed yeah. it to us on his phone and we were totally right down to the penny. I mean, just crazy stuff. So at the end of the day, number one, we don't know how we did it. Right. 
Right. We have no idea how we did it. We put our hands on a plastic thing that moves on a piece of wood, and we asked it a question, and it started giving us answers there's no way it could give us answers to. And we have no idea how that happened. Now, now we know that Parker Brothers... You know, is selling it, and that it has a like traditional history of being some kind of ghosts or demons or spirits or something that are. But we don't know what that even means. What does that even mean? Like, is this right. Phil's grandmother's dead brain? Like, I don't even. You know, what is talking to us? And right? Unexplained does not mean God done it. Right. And so, first of all, you have to ask yourself how much arguing and how much debunking do you want to do of miracle claims? Because there's a lot of miracle claims. The main problem with miracle claims is that nobody really knows how the miracles occurred. They know what they're going to tell you they think happened, but they can't show that they really have a cause, right? I like to say things that do not exist do not, uh, things that do not exist cannot be the cause of other things, right? So if I say God caused something, the first question is, does God exist? Prove it. Because if God doesn't exist, then God didn't cause it. And so the only way to know if God can be a cause is to know that there's a God that exists, right? So we've got this weird thing happening that we can't explain. And at the end of the day, if we want to say that a God is doing it, we need to demonstrate that there is a God. We need to demonstrate there's a God that talks to people through a wooden board and a plastic topper and that it, you know, cares about telling me about Phil's bank account, right? Like we have... We have a lot to to go back and fill in blanks for and to I get think, to God did it. I think I now need to go change my password. <laughs> but I mean, and, and that's but that's right. that's for the ones you can't that you you can't you know. So when someone comes on, for example, on the phone and they just tell me something that is just outrageous, right? And in my head, I'm inclined to say, mm-hmm. "You are probably lying to me." Usually, it's rude to call somebody a liar, and so I will just say, "If this happened to you." How do you know it was a God, right? Like, how do you know that? I'm not going to say that it didn't happen. I'm going to say that there's no way I can know that it happened. You're telling me something that I agree would be really bizarre if it occurred. And I'm not sure that it did occur because even the story from a dozen people, you know, there's more than a dozen people talking to me about alien abductions at, you you know, UConn or whatever that is, like the the UFO con. Um, oh, that's real. Yeah, but yeah. Well, the other guy said right that that was Yahweh was an alien, I think. And yeah. So, but the point is, yeah, miracles they they don't really demonstrate anything except that something weird happened. Yeah. So in the end, they're they're basically just going to remain a mystery. I mean, they're kind of fun to debunk if you have like all the time in the world. But it's up to you. I mean, I've debunked a few that, right. that actually taught me things, right? Like I learned about a, a weird natural yeah. phenomenon of giant rainbow shadows that people can cast at certain angles in the mountains. And I was just like, wow, I didn't know that people could do that. Somebody was telling me oh, a story about a rainbow, giant rainbow shadow angel with no face. And when I was just like, what? And I went and looked it up and there's like pictures of this thing. It's like, it's a phenomenon, yeah. right? And I'm like... Wow, that is so bizarre. That's when you're above the clouds. Yeah, it's just this weird thing that you get like a little hiker and they they cast this humongous shadow and sometimes it has a rainbow effect. I, I did that in Hawaii, actually. Yeah. It's bizarre. So you can actually learn some interesting things by going in and looking up like miracles. But a lot of times it's just people that are, you know, exaggerating whatever happened. 
Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, thank you. Sure. Uh, so I just got one last uh, quick topic to poke on. Um, so there's this idea uh, that I've discussed with some theists about uh, what exactly is preventing some people from uh, knowing God or understanding him or otherwise coming to the conclusion that he exists. And uh, one thing that I often hear is that we that human beings are somehow flawed or imperfect or fallible humans, and this somehow makes it harder for us to uh, get there. Ah, so I, this is easy for me because about uh, 20 years ago, I was in a Burger King, and God showed up and said, Phil, I want you to go make as many atheists as possible and keep doing that until I come back. And so that's what I've been doing. Yeah, it just it just just claims that some people claim they know God. Some people uh, claim that Yahweh is an alien. Yeah, the question is, how do they know the claims are accurate? Right. Yeah. Um, so, so the the idea that I get when I hear these things is that they're saying that because humans are flawed or because we're we're fallible, we um, that that's something that prevents us from. Yeah, but who made us flawed then? Well, no. Here's the here's the thing, right? There's something called. Have you have you ever heard of the Euthyphro dilemma? Uh, I've heard it, but uh, okay. I'm not quite sure if I E U what T H Y P H R O something like that. Go Google it. Basically, mm -hmm. it's a it's an interesting question, right? So it basically asks a question about morality, and it it leans toward what you're describing. It basically says, okay. you trust God's morality. Because you have a flawed morality and you don't know what's really moral, so you go with what God tells you is moral, right? That's the argument. Right. And so okay. the, what Euthyphro is saying is, well, wait a minute. Is it moral because God said to do it? Or is there like actual morality and God is appealing to that and he sees it more clearly than we do, in which case could we just figure out what's moral or is God constrained by morality or like how do we know God is more moral, right? How do you know that? And so what's interesting is if you have a broken moral compass yeah, I knew you were and somebody is telling you to go and do a thing because it's moral, what are you using to judge that what they're telling you is actually morally correct? Right, right, yeah. So if you have if you have flaws that make it impossible for you to know what's best and God tells you something is best based on what do you believe that I mean how do you assess that what he's telling you is best is actually and best And how do you know you that can. he's the good guy not the bad guy Yeah yeah that makes sense Cool glad we could help Okay, yeah, great. Um, that, that wraps it up. I had a few more points, but I, I just want to let you guys move on to more callers. So I'll try we're to call moving on to time, dinner. But, uh, we're moving yeah. on to dinner. Um, and so thank you <laughs> so right, much for your call. Time. Thanks, Josh. Thank you very okay. much for having me. So I want to, that's, that's our callers all cleared out. I want to say thank you to the audience. Thank you to my guest, Phil. So pleasure. glad you could my come pleasure. and sit in and, and uh, make some good points. And I want to thank the people working behind this wall, the magic folks that do hey, that. This is that. where the magic happens, right? There you go. There they are. It does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it happened tonight, right? Everything worked, uh, except for me a few times. And 
We're going to go to dinner, but with this, I need to say that we have Atheist Vanguard coming up directly after. So if you're at home and you're watching live, do not touch that YouTube dial. (laughs) Stay tuned in because we're going to see Atheist Vanguard coming up right after this.